I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg in East Palestine, Ohio, touring of the site of that toxic train derailment there about three weeks after it happened. I felt strongly about this and uh, could have expressed that sooner. Again, I was taking pains to respect the, the role that I have and the role that I don't have, but that should not have stopped me from weighing in about how I felt about what was happening to this community. Alec Murdoch did what no one thought he could dare to do. He took the stand. I am going to testify. I want to testify. Mr. Murdoch, did you take this gun or any gun like it and blow your son's brains out on June 7th Jeez. or any day or any time? No, I did not. Mayor Eric Adams is clearing the air. Yes, I support charter schools. On WABC Radio, Adams clarifying comments he made to state lawmakers during his trip up to Albany last week when he testified on Governor Kathy Hochul's budget proposal to lift the cap on charter schools. $64,000, Louis Rufino, this great song by Journey. It's going to be a Journey Friday on Sitting Friends in the Morning. This song, Only the Young by Journey, was featured at the very top of what movie? It's a Travolta film. Incorrect. Some of the folks in the film included Matthew Modine. No, that's it, right. It was some... Madonna. Madonna making her first ever movie appearance before she started banging Sean Penn. 
No, not doing it for you. No, I, I, I know the album cover. I can see. He's it. running. He's yeah. actually running in a gray sweatsuit. Oh yeah, he was a uh, he was a wrestler. Yes, he used to train and he used to Correct. have to get his weight down. And he got then he fell in love with somebody who didn't. Well, it wasn't Madonna. Madonna no, performed the song I, Crazy for You in no, the movie. I, I, yeah, I know. It was another actress. I forgot. The name of the movie was? Reckless or something? No. Uh, uh, I'm not going to look it up. Vision Quest. Oh, Vision Oh, Lewis. You know, I got excited yesterday. We um, Again? <laughs> yeah, I know. We take the, movie, the, uh, the music on this show very, very seriously. I always have. I mean, there's a great story. Years ago, with, uh, when Bernard, God rest his soul, was still alive. And I am coming live this morning from the Bernard McGurk Studios, Grandpa Bernie. And uh, Jill was our producer. And the program director at the station was a guy named Craig Schwab. I like Craig. He was before Dave Labrosi. And Labrosi, of course, was before our current PD, uh, Matt Meany. So uh, I like to play the music, and I like to play it till it gets to the chorus. And program directors on Sports Talk Radio tell you, don't do that. Get right to the... Shut up. Don't tell me what to do. When you get a 7-6, you can tell me what to do. So, <laughs> idiots. Yeah, like I, you know, oh, they, they, they better hope to God that number goes down quickly. No. <laughs> yeah. So, he actually gave me a list of songs because they weren't thrilled with all the songs I was playing and the length of it. And I went nuts. This is the old address. In fact, I miss was still on the air, still alive. I went nuts. I ripped up the list, started yelling and screaming in the hallway, and walked out. And Bernie and Jill were like, oh, my God, get sit back here. That's how serious I've always taken the music. And every PD, all three of them, at some point or another, mess with me with the music. Now, in the end, of course, I always get my way. But it was a, it was a battle with all three of them. So to see yesterday's Louis lineup with an actual graphic of Lou Ruffino and the playlist for the day, which you've been posting on Facebook for quite some time, but to see an actual graphic by WABC, I was so excited and happy for you, Lou. That's yours. That's that's your thing, Louis' lineup. Yeah, which I used to associate lineup with me with uh, different things. Right, so, like getting arrested after yeah. a night out drinking with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing I didn't get in a lineup more often. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's what I think when I see the word lineup. Uh, so do I. But, but it is kind of cool. It is very cool. I I, I like it. Now uh, more people can yell at me. Now it's great. Oh, they wait. love you. Come no, on, yell no. at you. They you know, love you. You know, I was going to bring if, up- if they see, if they, there's one song they don't like, they're like, that must have been the song that Sid picked. They love you. And I'll just say, well, you guys think what you need to think. Yeah. That's all. I mean, they loved it. Look, no matter what happens with this show, you know, if the show gets good ratings now, for example, it's Bernie. God rest his soul, he's dead for like nine months. It's uh, the two days that Andrew Giuliani is on. It's the 15 minutes a week that Curtis Lee was on. It's the music that Lou Ruffino plays. They, they, they absolutely can't stand giving me the credit. In fact, on that uh, stupid New York City message board, run by the dentist Alan Sniffen, that jackface, they actually had a thread yesterday that said, WABC and Sid number one mornings. What? And the guy went on to say Sid actually beat the second place station, which I think was 10-10 wins, by over two points. A number close to eight is unprecedented at this station. Bob Grant didn't do it. Don Imus didn't do it. Nobody did it. Nobody, especially in the mornings. But this guy still found a way to take it back. 
Well, most of his listeners are 65 years old, and in the 25 to 54 sales demo, it's only a 13th place finish, not a per- I mean, And some guy came on, he said, will you guys stop? Will you guys stop? Ratings are ratings. Number one is number one. You're always going to find a way, if you love the person, to make it look better, and if you hate the person, to make it look worse. That's what Republicans do. That's what Democrats do. Right? Pete Buttigieg finally goes to... East Palestine, Ohio, folks, if you're studying radio, that's a brilliant transition. He goes to East Palestine, Ohio, of course, way too late, way too late, did nothing for week after week after week, walked around with a significant other, took nice pictures of him and the baby. In the meantime, fish are dying, chicken are dying, people are coughing up blood. It's a complete disaster, complete disaster. And yet there were still some Democrats yesterday that gave him credit, credit, And there were Democrats that actually blamed this whole disaster on Donald Trump. Now, you tell me, Lewis, you're a pretty smart guy. Not a mentor by any stretch, but a pretty smart guy. Yeah, I've I've walked by the meetings. Well, that's good. That counts. You tell me how you can possibly, possibly blame Donald Trump for this train derailment, for this explosion, for these people who will come down with cancer and die one day. And I know they're killing Trump because, oh, that was a photo op. And it was. Bill O'Reilly said it yesterday. But when you're running for president, photo ops matter. And to Trump's credit, these people wanted that. They wanted a photo op. They just wanted somebody to show up and say, I care. He's there. They wanted Joe Biden. Nothing. He's too busy giving millions and billions. And I got to tell you. I don't care what anybody says on this show anymore because they've had me convinced for days that we have to keep giving the Ukraine money or Putin's going to take over the world. Nonsense. This is a blank check, and it's way too much. I've said it from day one. So did Bernie. You guys are trying to convince me differently. You're wrong. This is way too much. Another $2 billion? Are you nuts? With all the issues we've got in this country, do you know what you could do with $2 billion? I hope you watched Tucker Carlson last night because he laid it out. You can fix just about every problem in this country, just about every one. And instead, we're giving Ukraine money after money, and you morons love it, Republicans and Democrats. Now, here's Trump. He goes, Biden hasn't gone. Harris hasn't gone. Buttigieg shows up a month later. So whether it was a photo op, whether it was Donald Trump trying to buy votes, I don't care. He was there, like Lou just said. He was there. But that didn't stop the ultimate wench, and that's all she is. She's a liberal wench, an America-hating douche. Yeah, look, look, let's take guesses. You have, one, you have three guesses. Go ahead. Uh, Justin can't play because he put this list together. No, nope, uh, it'll be you, Lou. Oh, I guess it's just me. Yeah. Well, I can't think of who you'd be talking about in any any, uh, other other particular way. I mean, I just I'm calling it like it is. And I just think there's there's no room for another somebody to show up who shouldn't be there at all. And he's only showing up there for, you know, just for his own sake. And, well, you know, it's just I don't. That's my answer. Well done. That is a very good Joy Behar. That is the answer. Look, I, I can't stand Whoopi Goldberg. She's turned into a racist and an anti-Semite. I can't stand Joy Reid. We've got sound from all of these people today. But the worst of all is Joy Behar. And right behind her 
is Sonny Hostin. And the two of them yesterday found a way to blame Donald Trump for this train disaster, as only the view can do. Lou Rapino, this is cut number six. People I don't know why they would ever vote for him, for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all Assembly? safety. He yeah. did. Do in they, they realize that? Voters yeah, but, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a that's way that the they thing. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and Wait. say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo op. Yeah. Showing up is a big Showing up, I think, is I think this is Donald uh, Trump's fault. I think this is Donald Trump's fault. That was... Sonny Hostin at the end, or Hostin, whatever. But most of that was Joy Behar. No, I don't need a cold shower. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. they're the most disgusting, stupid, idiotic. They're not even ignorant. They know better. It's just hate. That's all that is. Less stupidity and more hate. Why those people are on television, why anybody watches, well, I know why. People love to hate Donald Trump, and that's what they do. So who you should be hating today is Pete Buttigieg. And listen, I can't stand the cancel culture. I've been fired many times, as Lou knows, in very embarrassing fashion. Page three of the New York Post, page two of the New York Post, the cover of Deadspin, the cover of the Miami Herald. I've been on all of them with a wife. First time I got fired, my daughter Ava, now in college, God bless her, was 18 months old. And it's nasty. It is nasty. And even though I made some horrendous mistakes, and I'm accountable for all of them, I never blame anybody else. I'm not sure I had to be fired every time. I mean, I got suspended plenty, too, but I'm not sure I had to be fired every time. But that's the way it goes. So I'm very, very sensitive to the cancel culture. And I don't call for people to be fired. Joy Behar should be fired And Pete Buttigieg, more than anybody in politics today, should be fired. Here he was, Pete Buttigieg, from Ohio yesterday, talking about how great these people are. These people hate your guts. Did you see him walking around like one of the minions? He had the uh, other construction hat on, his glasses. Have you ever seen a man look less manly than Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> and that's not because he's gay, because he's gay. He's very gay. Uh, that's not why. He just looks like such a pussy. I can't stand him. And I'm sorry to use that word this early in the morning, Marco. Don't get mad at me. But He looked like they were trying to explain quantum physics. <laughs> so there's, uh, these are pipes. That, um, so that's uh, what goes yeah. on there. Yeah. He looked lost. He did look just lost. Looked like, dude, just but listen he, to what they're telling you. But he says all the right things. He talks about resiliency and the great people. Here it is, your transportation secretary, Joy Behar, Pete Buttigieg, cut number one. And I just have to say the, the resilience the resolve and the decency of this community as they have gone through both uh, this disaster's immediate impacts and the swirl of national and international and political attention that's come their way. Uh, Their decency and resolve has been inspiring. Then he talks about how Donald Trump needs to hop on the Biden bandwagon, baby. Look what a great job we've done here in Ohio. Pete Buttigieg, Lou Rufino, cut number two. We're not afraid to own our policies when it comes to raising the bar on regulation. And uh, I've got to think that uh, uh, him indicating that this is uh, something that everybody, no matter how much you disagree on politics and presidential campaigns, can get behind. 
higher fines, tougher uh, uh, regulations on safety, Congress unti untying our hands on breaking rules, all the other things that go with that, uh, that'd be a nice thing for him to do. Still talking about Donald Trump, right? Still. He finally gets to this place after three weeks. Again, fish dying, chicken dying, people coughing up blood. A real, real disaster. And what is he talking about? Donald Trump. That's how sick these people are. Joy Behar, what is she talking about? Donald Trump. Pete Buttigieg, who fumbled the football and has done it, mind you, like I said yesterday, since 2021. Let's not forget the supply chain issue, which was over two years ago, speaks directly to Pete Buttigieg. All of the airline issues, you remember the holidays at the airports? Speaks directly to Pete Buttigieg. This disaster in Ohio speaks directly to Pete Buttigieg. And this guy is talking about Donald Trump. You can't make it up. And he goes on. There's more. Pete Buttigieg on Trump. Cut number three. You mentioned a national political figure who's decided to get involved. It sounds like you're talking about Trump. And then you said, I need your help. How can he help? Well, one thing he could do is uh, uh, express support for reversing the deregulation uh, that uh, happened on his watch. I heard him say he had nothing to do with it, even though it was in his administration. Uh, so if he had nothing to do with it and uh, they did it in his administration against his will, uh, maybe he could come out and say that, uh, uh, that uh, he supports us moving in a different direction. So guess what? After that, Pete Buttigieg did another interview. He wasn't done. And you got to respect him for this one. I mean, if you're going to do one interview, you may as well do it with a black lady who's a racist, hates white people, hates Jews, hates everybody. Joy Reid, of course, on MSNBC. And I know Janaea Butler is coming in and we're still celebrating Black History Month. I don't care. Joy Reid, Whoopi Goldberg, Don Lemon, they're a scourge on society. Black, white, I don't care. So he goes on Joy Reid's show, and guess what he talked about? <laughs> you got it. Donald Trump. Amazing, right? Pete Buttigieg, uh, Peter Judge, uh, Joy Reid, MSNBC, cut number four. I don't know where he, uh, Tucker Carlson was when they Tucker were trying Carlson. to dismantle the EPA, which is now uh, maybe the main thing standing between the people of East Palestine and ecological disaster. Uh, look, uh, uh, they, they, they're always ready to take it back to race. But the reality is that uh, we're going to serve everybody. Uh, because one thing, you know how a broken clock is, is right at least twice, twice a day. One thing he's exactly aye, aye, aye. right about is that uh, environmental disasters uh, tend to happen more frequently and more painfully to lower income communities. We call that environmental justice. And yet, if I use those words, I'm sure he'll be the first one to say that we're uh, we're too woke uh, to be paying attention to uh, to the bread and butter of our jobs. Part right. of the bread, bread and butter of our job is to keep people safe uh, from up. being harmed. I know, but shut this killed. guy up. My God. Tucker Carlson, you're talking about a city in crisis, an American city. People are going to die and four words in. Tucker Carlson, do you understand how sick these people are? So then this, uh, this Joy Reid, she goes on to talk about why Donald Trump went to Ohio in the first place. Well, she's no dummy, man. Let me tell you, this Joy Reid, she is as smart as a tack. She's on the ball. Joy Reid, cut number seven. Look, Donald Trump has clearly made a cynical calculation. 
that the grift of giving residents of a poisoned town decade-old Trump water and signing some hats will be enough for people who have endured three weeks of fear and illness and inability to drink the water coming out of their own taps or, or take a shower without worrying that it'll make them sick, that that will be enough to make them vote for him again and to ignore his role in their suffering. And you know what? Maybe that cynical hope will be borne out by reality. Maybe people in East Palestine, Ohio, would vote for him again. Why wouldn't they? The people you love, Joy, your administration's done nothing for three weeks, and you sit on television and blame a man that has not been in office for nearly two years. How stupid are you? The answer is very Big guest list about to come your way. <laughs> the two joys yeah. are absolutely the anti-joy. No, you're right about that. that. You're right. Two joys. <laughs> Such a positive, beautiful word, joy. <laughs> They're not. And then when you include Behar, include Behar and Reed, all of a sudden that beautiful word becomes almost a curse word. Well, my parents loved it, so that's why I'm <laughs> joy. So think what you like. Jenea Butler will be here at 640. She's always a great guest. Curtis Sliwa. Back in at 7.05. Oh, I love this lady, Monica Crowley. Fresh off her Jesse Waters appearance two nights ago. She'll join us at 7.40. My mom is coming on today. My mom has a lot to say. The great Naomi Rosenberg. She'll be here at 8.05. 8.40, famed defense attorney. A friend of mine for 43 years. Now Trump's attorney, Joseph Takapina. The former governor, George Pataki, will join me at 9.05. We'll talk baseball with Mike Didino. That's coming up at 9.25. And Sid's Take, brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers, comes your way at 9.40. An action-packed show. We'll cover all of it for you. News, politics, pop culture, entertainment, sports. We are BJ's. We're Sam's Club. This show is one-stop shopping, especially on a Friday. Number one in New York, Sid and Friends in the morning. And we'll be right back. accident trust gabo law personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time gabo law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you but don't take our word for it read their five-star reviews from former clients on google avo and facebook call gabo law today 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or Email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 W-A-B-C. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. Queen here, bicycle race. There's a specific reason why Lou and I are playing this song. 
It's been a very emotional week for me. So I'm actually looking forward to talking to my mom coming up. When things are going really good and or really bad in my life, I tend to get very emotional, very introspective. I know that sounds crazy because I come on here every morning and yell and scream for four hours and come off as this, I guess, relatively loud, flamboyant, that type of thing. But I'm not. You know, most people that know me for real know that when I leave these studios, the next 20 hours, well, I'm awake maybe for 12 of those, but 14 of those, are different. I'm actually kind of quiet. I go to the gym. I spend time with my son. I, uh, you know, go over stuff with Danielle. But I'm relatively quiet. I'm not nearly the same personality throughout the day that I am when I'm on here. I know it sounds nuts because this job, you have to be so talkative and personality-driven, but I really consider myself outside of this almost, almost. What is that word that my wife loves to call herself for people that don't like to socialize? Introvert? Yeah. Um, Not because of my nature, but because as the years have gone on, I just, I, I become less and less patient intolerant with people, my own relatives. I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you the way it is. And people tell me all the time, you're becoming like Imus on and off the air, which is not exactly a huge compliment. But they're right to a certain expect, respect, I should say. I, I, I'm quiet and, you know, I just go about my own thing. So a week like this, for example, when our numbers come back, and they're astronomical. I don't think you guys realize out there, oh, Sid's talking about something. You don't realize what those numbers are. They're, they're outrageous. And we've had a really good run here for the last couple of months of doing well. And 10 years ago, I was doing my job out of a broom closet in Pompano Beach, Florida. And every column I read locally in Miami and occasionally when they write about me in New York, basically said, like Boomer Esiason once said on the band with Craig Carton, oh, what could have been, comparing me to guys like Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, what could have been? Sid could have been great, but. And it used to bother me, and it bothered me not because I cared, but because my mom saw it, my dad saw it, my wife saw it. And, of course, in this day and age with the Internet, My kids saw it, and I hated it. And all I ever wanted to do for 11 years down in Florida was to come back and rewrite that last chapter in my book that I wrote in 2010, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, where I got fired and was forced to move out of state. And seven years later, I've rewritten that chapter, and not just rewritten it, but done it in, again, without sounding brash and arrogant, magnificent fashion. So when I'm by myself those other 12 hours of the day, I tend to get very emotional. The dad's gone and um, other friends. And I want to reach out and talk to these people, but I can't. But one, one thing I do is, is this group that we've assembled now, and we all miss Bernie. We love Bernie. We miss him. Brilliant guy, sweet guy. All those things are true. But putting Bernie aside for a moment, okay? 
the group I've got right now is incredible. Lou Rufino, who I've known since I joined Diamonds back in 2023 years, is a tremendous talent. Has the best radio instincts of anybody I know. He just knows how to do it. He jumps in when he has to. It's always funny. He's a great compliment to this show. A great compliment. Justin Ellick, I, I, I can't say enough nice things about Justin. And Phil, Macedonia Phil. So when I get to work and I don't see one of my guys, I feel bad. And I got to work this morning, and this is nothing new, mind you. Macedonia Phil wasn't here again, you know. He's always got some great excuse to trains or somebody mugged him or whatever it is. It's always, uh, you know, it's great. So when Phil wasn't here, I got kind of sad because I wanted to share all this with Phil. But it turns out Bicycle Race by Queen is the right song for this segment because there's a bicycle story that involves Macedonia, Phil, circa 5 a.m. in the mean streets of New York City. So all this buildup, Phil, this last six minutes of radio, it's all for you to tell the listening audience why the Bicycle Race by Queen is your song on this Friday morning. I rode a bike today. What? Yeah, that's it. You rode a bike today. Yeah, I rode a bike to work today. Now, you live in Brooklyn. I do. Uh, how long is that train ride ordinarily? Depending on how the subway treats me, it could be an hour. An hour. Minutes. So how can you possibly bike to work when it would take you an hour to take a high-speed train? All right. Well, first off, the, the train just skipped me again. This happens like once every two or three weeks. happens to me, too. There's nothing worse when you run down the steps and you think you hear the train and it's on the other side and you look up at the sign and it goes... 18 minutes away. Yeah, it just, it just didn't. I was there. I was waiting on the platform for like 35 minutes. It just <laughs> never came. God. And then finally when it did come, you know, the transfer to get on the, the Manhattan train, it said like 21 minutes. And uh, it was a little rowdy in, in the subway. I heard some noise, some yelling. And I said, I, I, I don't need all this. Heard noise and yelling? Yeah, it's the subway. You hear that sometimes, you know, some, some yeah. radicalized Well, somebody's getting man. killed down there, probably. Yeah, yeah, they're throwing cones at newsmen. <laughs> right. You never know what happens down there. Even though uh, the mayor, Eric Adams, my friend, said the other day that uh, the joint effort between him and the governor, Kathy Hochul, has people a lot more safe on the subway. You certainly didn't feel that way this morning. And you're afraid of nothing. Like, no, you're not afraid to die I, because you think you've got nothing. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't afraid. I just, I, between, between that and it being 20 minutes, I said, I'm, you know what? It's not that bad out today. I'm going to ride a bike. Ride a bike? I rode a bike for like two miles. I went the wrong way for like the first 10 minutes. Why would you do that? I just did, I didn't know where I was. I thought I, I thought I was but going, and I was like, oh, six six Street isn't correct. But you're in New York City. The number is they go just go. Open. Yeah, but when you get on Union Square, they have like you know. All oh, these, it gets like, confusing. Yeah, yeah, sure. they have all these streets that don't actually right. exist. They're not numbered. Right. So how long did it take you to get uh, to here from Union Square? Like 15, 20 minutes. That's not bad, bro. No. I was, so I was are you pedaling. tired? Are you windy? Oh, I can't, you just see me. I was sweating when I came. I here. know. I saw that. So you're gonna go home soon and shower? Yeah. Whatever. Just go to yeah. bed. No, nah, I mean, I'm, I'm good. You I sure? Bike ride back. I mean, you're like 25 years old, but you know, I feel good. My legs are a little <laughs> rickety, but 
It, well, it felt good. It was it was fun. Well, it does show the dedication. I got into an I somehow just find myself getting into arguments like every other day. I got into an argument with a guy because he's saying uh, I was riding on the sidewalk and he said get in the bike lane and I was like there is no bike lane and he's just staring at me as I'm locking. Well, the he's bike. right. I hate people on bike. I, I hate anybody who rides a bike. I've been over this a million times. Whether it's the guy delivering food that almost kills me every day in New York City. Or that jack-off at Rockaway who's got those stupid tight pants on and oh, his little glasses yes. and his tight shirt. <laughs> and with his buddies, even my, my good buddy Joe Murray does a 100-mile bike ride. I'm like, who does that? It's so stupid. I hate bike riders. Why? Hate them. They're better people. They, than... look, they look dumb. The whole... so, I don't care what they look like. It doesn't as, matter. As someone who has uh, ridden a bike and driven a car, uh, they're better people than, than car drivers. Car okay. drivers are the worst oh, people oh, on earth. Oh, okay. The whole city has been made for bikes and bike lanes, and they don't obey any of it. Right. So Why they've, almost, they? they've almost killed people. Well, they have, they killed, have people. killed people. That lady from CBS, yes, that was a, a right. horrible story. Right, on yeah. the Upper East Side? Or yeah, they need what? to take yeah. bikes away. If, oh. I ever, if I ever became president of the United States, and I'm, I'm considering running in 2032, I'm going to outlaw bikes in the United States. Just outlaw bikes. One these... Run. Go on a treadmill and run. You can get the same exercise without the dumb outfit, and that's the end of it. No Beyond exercise, bikes. it's transportation. Transportation. Then obey the rules. Take a bus. Right, well, obey the rules, exactly. It's New York City. Yeah. It's good for the environment. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to chuck your bike down the subway stairs. <laughs> Come near me. Well, thank you, Bill. It shows dedication that <laughs> you here. took a bike just to get to work. Thank you very much. I was, I was thinking about just turning around and going back home. <laughs> of said, course you I said are. you'd probably talk smack about me on air, so it's, so it's <laughs> no. not worth it. No way. We've got uh, traffic and a very entertaining and smart Jania Butler as we wrap up Black History Month stopping by next. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby. I was on that show last night. I called and congratulate uh, John Katzmatidis and Rita Cosby. Uh, John loved my Wendy Williams story from yesterday. Show him the text? He had me repeat it. I didn't show him the text yet. I will one day. It's uh, John Katzmatidis. Wait till you're not working here anymore. And Rita Cosby. Uh, Ambassador John Bolton, which Larry's best buddy, he's worried that China is supplying Russia with weapons. U.S. troops beefing up in Taiwan. Yeah, no, I think it's the right thing to do. And it's it's only uh, at least the first detachment. It's only about 200 uh, troops. If you go back to 1979, when Jimmy Carter mistakenly de-recognized the government on Taiwan to recognize Beijing, uh, we, we'd had troops there for many, many years. And uh, I think this is the right thing to do. I, I would do more. I would uh, home port, a couple of American naval vessels in Kaohsiung, uh, Taiwan's big harbor. And the aim here is not to win a war that China starts. The aim here is to deter China from doing it. And, and, and we, we believe it. We can do a lot more to, uh, to do that. As the years have gone on, I just I, I become less and less patient and tolerant with people, my own relatives. I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you the way it is. And people tell me all the time, you're becoming like Imus on and off the air, which is not exactly a huge compliment. But they're right to a certain expect, respect, I should say. I, I, I'm quiet and, you know, I just go about my own thing. So a week like this, for example, when our numbers come back and they're astronomical, I don't think you guys realize out there, oh, Sid's talking about something. You don't realize what those numbers are. They're, they're outrageous. And we've had a really good run here for the last couple of months. 
of doing well. And 10 years ago, I was doing my job out of a broom closet in Pompano Beach, Florida. And every column I read locally in Miami and occasionally when they write about me in New York, basically said, like Boomer Esiason once said on the band with Craig Carton, oh, what could have been, comparing me to guys like Dwight Gooden and Darryl Strawberry, what could have been? Sid could have been great, but. And it used to bother me, and it bothered me not because I cared, but because my mom saw it, my dad saw it, my wife saw it. And, of course, in this day and age with the Internet, my kids saw it, and I hated it. And all I ever wanted to do for 11 years down in Florida was to come back and rewrite that last chapter in my book that I wrote in 2010, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, where I got fired and was forced to move out of state. And seven years later, I've rewritten that chapter. And not just rewritten it, but done it in, again, without sounding brash and arrogant, magnificent fashion. So when I'm by myself those other 12 hours of the day, I tend to get very emotional. The dad's gone and um, other friends. And I want to reach out and talk to these people, but I can't. But one, one thing I do is, is this group that we've assembled now, and we all miss Bernie. We love Bernie. We miss him. Brilliant guy. Sweet guy. All those things are true. But putting Bernie aside for a moment, okay? The group I've got right now is incredible. Lou Rufino, who I've known since I joined Diamonds back in 2023 years, is a tremendous talent. Has the best radio instincts of anybody I know. He just knows how to do it. He jumps in when he has to. It's always funny. He's a great compliment to this show. A great compliment. Justin Ellick, I, I, I can't say enough nice things about Justin. And Phil, Macedonia Phil. So when I get to work and I don't see one of my guys, I feel bad. And I got to work this morning, and this is nothing new, mind you. Macedonia Phil wasn't here again, you know. He's always got some great excuse to trains or somebody mugged him or whatever it is. It's always, uh, you know, it's great. So when Phil wasn't here, I got kind of sad. Because I wanted to share all this with Phil. But it turns out Bicycle Race by Queen is the right song for this segment because there's a bicycle story that involves Macedonia, Phil, circa 5 a.m. in the mean streets of New York City. So all this build-up, Phil, this last six minutes of radio, it's all for you to tell the listening audience why the Bicycle Race by Queen is your song on this Friday morning. I rode a bike today. What? Yeah, that's it. You rode a bike today? Yeah, I rode a bike to work today. Now, you live in Brooklyn. I do. Uh, how long is that train ride ordinarily? Depending on how the subway treats me, it could be an hour. An hour. Minutes. So how can you possibly bike to work when it would take you an hour to take a high-speed train. All right, well, first off, the the train just skipped me again. This happens, like, once every two or three happens weeks. happens to me, too. There's nothing worse when you run down the steps and you think you hear the train and it's on the other side and you look up at the sign and it goes, 
18 minutes away. Yeah, it just, it just didn't. I was there. I was waiting on the platform for like 35 minutes. It just <laughs> never came. <laughs> and then finally when it did come, you know, the transfer to get on the, the Manhattan train, it said like 21 minutes. And uh, it was a little rowdy in, in the subway. I heard some noise, some yelling. And I said, I, I don't need all this. Heard noise and yelling. Yeah, it's the subway. You hear that sometimes. You know, some, some yeah. radicalized. Well, somebody's getting man. killed down there. Probably. Yeah, yeah. they're throwing cones at newsmen. <laughs> right. You never know what happens down yeah. there. Even though uh, the mayor Eric Adams, my friend, said the other day that uh, the joint effort between him and the governor Kathy Hochul has people a lot more safe on the subway. You certainly didn't feel that way this morning, and you're afraid of nothing. Like no. you're not afraid to die I, because you think you've got nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I I wasn't afraid. I just I, between between that and it being 20 minutes, I said, I'm. You know what? It's not that bad out today. I'm going to ride a bike. Ride a bike. I rode a bike for like two miles. I went the wrong way for like the first 10 minutes. Why would you do that? I just did, I didn't know where I was. I thought <laughs> I thought I was but going, and I was like, oh, six six Street isn't correct. But you're in New York City. The numbers they, they just go. go up and down. Yeah, but when you get on Union Square, they have like you know. All oh, these, it gets like, confusing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. All these streets that don't actually right. exist. They're not numbered. Right. So how long did it take you to get uh, to here from Union Square? Like 15, 20 minutes. That's not bad, bro. No. I was, so I was are you tired? Pedaling. Are you winded? Uh, I can't, you just see me. I was sweating when I came. I know. Here. I saw that. So you're going to go home soon and shower? Yeah, whatever. Just go to yeah. bed. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm good. You I sure? Bike ride back. I mean, you're like 25 years old, but you know. I felt good. My legs are a little <laughs> rickety, but it, well, it felt good. It was it was fun. Well, it does show the argument. dedication. I got into an. I somehow just find myself getting into arguments like every other day. I got into an argument with a guy because he's saying uh, I was riding on the sidewalk and he said get in the bike lane and I was like there is no bike lane and he's just staring at me as I'm locking. Well, the he's bike. right. I hate people on bike. I, I hate anybody who rides a bike. I've been over this a million times. Whether it's the guy delivering food that almost kills me every day in New York City or that jack off at Rockaway who's got those <laughs> stupid tight pants on and oh. his little glasses yes. and his tight shirt <laughs> and with his buddies even. My my, my good buddy Joe Murray does a 100-mile bike ride. I'm like, who does that? It's so stupid. I hate bike riders. Why? Hate them. They're better people. They, than... look, they look dumb. The as, whole... I don't care what they look like. Does as, it matter? As someone who has uh, ridden a bike and driven a car, uh, they're better people than, than car drivers. Car oh, drivers yeah. are the worst oh, people uh, on earth. Oh, okay. The whole city has been made for bikes and bike lanes, and they don't obey any of it. Right. So Why they've, should almost, they? they've almost killed people. Well, they have they killed have people. Killed that people. lady from CBS, yes, that was a, a right. horrible story. Right, on yeah. the Upper East Side? Yeah, they need what? to take yeah. bikes away. If, oh. I ever, if I ever became president of the United States, and I'm, I'm considering running in 2032, I'm going to outlaw bikes in the United States. Just outlaw bikes. One run, these... go on a treadmill and run. You can get the same exercise without the dumb outfit, and that's the end of it. Beyond no more exercise, bikes. it's transportation. Transportation. Then obey the rules. Take a bus. Right, well, obey the rules, exactly. It's New York City. Yeah. It's good for the environment. Okay. I'm going to chuck your bike down the subway stairs. <laughs> Come near me. Well, thank you, Bill. It shows dedication that <laughs> you here. took a bike just to get to work. Thank you very much. I was, I was thinking about just turning around and going back home. Of said, course you I said were. you'd probably talk smack about me on air, so it's, so it's no. not worth it. No way. We've got uh, traffic and a very entertaining and smart Jania Butler as we wrap up Black History Month stopping by next. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby. I was on that show last night. I called and congratulate uh, John Katzmatidis and Rita Cosby. Uh, John loved my Wendy Williams story from yesterday.
show him the text? He had me repeat oh. it. I didn't show him the text oh, yet. I will right. one day. Okay. It's uh, John Katsimatidis. <laughs> Wait till you're not working here anymore. <laughs> and Rita Cosby. Uh, Ambassador John Bolton, which Larry's best buddy, he's worried that China is supplying Russia with weapons. U.S. troops beefing up in Taiwan. Yeah, no, I think it's the right thing to do. And it's it's only uh, at least the first detachment. It's only about 200 uh, troops. If you go back to 1979, when Jimmy Carter mistakenly de-recognized the government on Taiwan to recognize Beijing, uh, we, we'd had troops there for many, many years. And uh, I think this is the right thing to do. I, I would do more. I would uh, home port, a couple of American naval vessels in Kaohsiung, uh, Taiwan's big harbor. And the aim here is not to win a war that China starts. The aim here is to deter China from doing it. And and, and we, we believe it. We can do a lot more to uh, to do that. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. California. So last time Janaya Butler was here, we were discussing the 50-year anniversary of hip-hop. The museum opens in New York next year. My man, the mayor, he'd been neglected. Now he'd been elected. I love when he says that. And uh, you were rating some of the all-time great hip-hop artists. And my wife, Danielle, loved your appearance. She thought you were great. Until the end, when you did not include Tupac in the top five. Now, in her estimation, he's the greatest by a distance. The greatest. Forget about number three or two, number one. And you did not include him in the top five. And I had to hear about that for like a week. So there's a Tupac Shakur, who in the Rosenberg household, white Jewish people, he continues to be the greatest hip-hop artist of all time. And the most talented. He could act. He could write. He did everything well. Everything. Well, I, I would give you him put a mic on for a second up. here. Oh, that's It's the wrong mic, sweetheart. It's that one. I would give him top six, Sid, because top six. I mean, like I said, it's so hard to choose top five. But you know, and Tupac, you know, give or take, would be in there. You know, you know, you could interchange him and stuff like that. But he is mind. You're crazy. He doesn't have a large enough body of work. He He got killed. (laughs) What do you want from the poor bastard? Well, we need. We still need more. I don't know. You had Orange Juice Jones in the top five. Yeah. You had one song. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you and, and him. him. Um, this is Black History Month. Absolutely. And one of the things that you and I uh, disagreed on, which is fine, that's why mm-hmm. I love you, is I don't believe there's any uh, group of people, race, creed, gender, that should get a month of anything. Not the Jews, not the blacks, not the gays, not women, not men, none of them. I think one day is enough, but it doesn't bother me that much. So we are in the midst of it until the end of the month. And today you actually want to celebrate somebody. Yes, yes absolutely. And you're bringing on a, a gentleman mm-hmm. who was a great man. Yeah. I've read a, a lot about John Adams mm-hmm. in the last two days mm-hmm. out of Bronzeville, a nice little town outside of Chicago mm-hmm. in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and John, I guess, are going to uh, honor somebody. Black right. History Month, who's been gone a long time, yesterday? Yes, absolutely. So his name is Major Taylor. Um, he um, was a cyclist, and I'll let John, you know, tell you the more, you know, the more important. But it's day 24 yeah. 
Okay, Thank Black God, History Month, Jeez. Sid. So yeah. I just want to have a Black History Sid moment with you. <laughs> you're so funny. Every time you come in, you make Black History. Absolutely. Every time, you're so magnificent. Absolutely. And what's funny about this is you're talking about a cyclist. You missed it. You don't realize yeah. this. But the segment before this, Macedonia Phil came to work on a bicycle, and the whole show was shredding people who ride bikes. And now we're going to honor somebody who did yeah, that. Yeah, so we're looking to get him the Congressional Medal of Honor. And, um, again, John will tell us more about it, you know, but I think it's a valiant effort. Um, you know, he's done some great things. And I think that, you know, when we talk about Black History Month and we talk about black history, these are the things that are missed, Sid, because I didn't even know who this man was, you know. And so these are the things that are missed. And these are the things that we're saying that there's great African-Americans out here that we could talk about other than the crime, the right. violence of and course, all that of course, kind of, of stuff. Course. That's true. Uh, John Adams, you know him through the Jesse Jackson Absolutely. Rainbow Coalition. We worked together for the last, I think, 12 years with Reverend Jackson closely. Cool. And um, so now he's moving on to do bigger and better things, if if not, if they can be bigger and better after Reverend Jackson. But he's doing things like this to, you know, Congressional Medal of Honor, looking to erect a statue. Um, I think it's just a wonderful thing. All right. So let's go live to Bronzeville, just outside Chicago, Illinois, where John Adams, CPA, founded the Bronzeville Trail Task Force back in September of 2020, an initiative to transform the old Kenwood Line elevated train embankment in the historic Bronzeville neighborhood into a walking, biking, and running trail. I love that. John Adams, Sid Rosenberg, Janaya Butler, here in New York City. How are you, pal? Sid, good morning. Uh, Jay, good morning. I'm grateful that uh, you have me on your show to talk about this amazing man, Marshall Major Taylor. And I just happened to have been in New York uh, about a month ago and had an opportunity to to see the High Line for the very first time. So I mention that because that's literally what we're attempting to do. There's an abandoned rail embankment that runs through the neighborhood of Bronzeville. And uh, we're looking to repurpose it. Uh, to a walking, running, and biking trail. I love that. Yeah, the, you're uh, talking about the Stephen Ross down by the Hudson Yards, that area. Mm-hmm. Now, how far, John, is Bronzeville from the actual city of Chicago? Yeah. So, Sid, Bronzeville is a neighborhood in Chicago. Got it. It's a community neighborhood. And it's not actually, interestingly, it's not actually a part of a, a city map of neighborhoods. It It's the near south side of Chicago that a writer in 1930 labeled Bronzeville because of the the skin color of the people who live there. So, uh, and so, you know, it's made up of four different communities did, but roughly in the late, uh, by the time we got to 1990, uh, writers began to recognize and sort of restore the the luster and the history of that community and began to refer to it again as Bronzeville. Oh, that is so, interesting. Uh, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. the near south side of Chicago. Got it. Uh, from roughly the, the uh, expressway to the lakefront. All right. So, John, uh, Janea was really excited about you coming on. I am, too. And specifically about this gentleman you're going to tell my listening audience about that Janea believes deserves the Medal of Freedom. I'm on board as well on this uh, during this Black awesome. History Month. Tell everybody why awesome. this specific person deserves this. Absolutely. So, Sid, uh, Marshall Major Taylor was born... 1897. Uh, his dad fought uh, for the Union in the Civil War, and his dad was a carriage driver for uh, a wealthy white family in, in Indianapolis. Um, 
the uh, the family uh, had a son who was approximately the same age as Major and uh, as Marshall Taylor. I'm going to call him Marshall for a moment. And at the time they bought their son a bicycle, they bought Marshall a bicycle. And said, perhaps you and your audience know that we're talking about an era, you know, prior to automobiles where cycling uh, was a, a, a big deal. Just being able to have a bicycle was a big deal. And then certainly it was almost restricted to, to, the, to the wealthy because they were uh, difficult to come by. But um, uh, he, Marshall was blessed. He was essentially the, the, the Michael Jordan of cycling. So as a, as a young man, as a, as a kid, really, uh, he performed bicycle tricks out in front of the store. And, uh, and he would do that in a military-style uniform, Sid, thus the nickname Marshall, Major Taylor, Major Taylor. So, so Major Taylor uh, proved himself. He entered uh, cycling races in Indianapolis. He was very good at it. Again, he was just blessed, Sid, and, uh, uh, and, and was very successful in, in winning local races in, in Indianapolis. His trainer moved him to Worcester, Massachusetts, where there is a gorgeous monument in Worcester. And pardon me uh, with my Midwest accent if I'm not pronouncing Worcester correctly. Worcester, Worcester. Help a brother out. And yeah, and so it, it's the, the Major Taylor Association is located in Worcester. And that's where he lived um, as a, a young adult, as a teenager through his adulthood until he moved to Chicago in 1930. But I'm going to go back now to his career. Um, in 1899, Sid, he won a sprint championship in Montreal. And just to put, put it in context uh, as to where we were as a country, in uh, 1896, the Supreme Court rendered the decision, Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal. Yep. So a lot of the races that Marshall had been in were segregated races. In fact, he raced in Chicago in uh, Negro Championship cycling event. But he won an international race in Montreal, thus becoming the first African-American to win an international championship in any sport. And for the next 10 years, he raced all over the world, Australia, <laughs> Germany, France, uh, Great Britain, uh, won uh, the vast majority of the races he had entered. Uh, he raced in, in New York, uh, what was called the six-day race at Madison Square Garden in front of over 50,000 people. Um, cycling was huge in that era. It was one of the three big sports uh, between boxing, uh, cycling, and thoroughbred racing. So he had this amazing career, Said he, he retired in 1910. Had, uh, he was a very religious man as well, Said He uh, would not race on Sundays. And he also believed in clean living. He would not drink. So it wasn't the kind of guy I would hang out with, there, but, you know, I don't know that again. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, but it yeah. certainly sounds very, very worthy of all the accolades you provided this morning and Janae and the Medal of Freedom. Certainly sounds like uh, very worthy of that. Uh, really a, a tremendous story. Sounds like a great man who came overcame a ton of obstacles and uh, was so successful at what he did. So uh, I, I'm running uh, short on time here, John, but I do sure. appreciate you sure. sharing the story this morning. I really do. Thank you, Sid, and, and we want to encourage you and your listeners to go to uh, change.org, and if you search Marshall Taylor, Congre Congressional Gold Medal is the honor that we're seeking on his behalf. You can sign a petition compelling Congress to uh, uh, make such an award 
and said this this absolutely will not happen without bipartisan support. This is not just a, a Democratic initiative or a Republican initiative. Uh, it's going to require two-thirds of the House uh, for him to get the congressional gold medal and two-thirds of the Senate. So we absolutely need everyone's support behind this and uh, to recognize this amazing man posthumously. His great-granddaughter, uh, Karen Donovan, was in Chicago with us on January 24th when we launched the online petition. And I haven't checked this morning, but we had, at the present time, over 2,100 signatures on that petition. Wow, that's so, great. So again, that's yeah. uh, www.change.org. And if you search uh, Marshall Major Taylor, Congressional Gold Medal will come right up. And we ask you to sign and we ask you to share it with you throughout your social media contact. You got it. Listen, uh, you got me. Again, uh, I agree with you. This is not about politics, Democrats, Republicans. This is about America standing up for a fine man like you are, John Adams. Thanks again for joining us this morning. God bless you. Good luck. We'll talk again very soon. Same to you. Thank you. Sir. Take care, pal. Bye so you have it, Janaya. Yeah, Black History Moment with Sid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Day 24. I love it. Look, this is breakthrough in America. That's okay? right. This, this is the real breakthrough. Now, that was great. He sounds like a, a terrific guy, this uh, this gentleman. And John Adams is certainly a very impressive man. And you're a lovely, lovely, lovely woman. And I hope it all works out. I'm on your side. So we'll see what we can do. Thank right? you so much. Good to Vince. see you. You look yes, great as always. Too. Thank you. That's our friend Janaya Butler, folks. John Adams out there in Bronzeville, Illinois. Change.org, folks. Change.org. And let's help Major get that posthumous award as he so deserves. We'll take a short break. We've got a big 7 o'clock hour coming up, which includes Curtis Sliwa, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and the very talented Monica Crowley. All that coming up. Our number two of the number one rated talk show and, and radio show in New York City. Sitting friends in the morning. Coming back. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends any way you want it. It's the way you need it. Any way you want it. She loves to laugh. She loves to sing. She does everything. She loves to move. She loves to See, this song reminds me also of the um, 5 o'clock whistles, E100, my boy Elvis Duran. I love Elvis. That's a good man right there. But I forgot who played the 5 o'clock whistle. It also reminds me of Rodney Dangerfield on the golf course, Caddyshack. Let's dance. <laughs> it is Friday, any way you want it, by Journey. It is a Journey Friday on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Had a great hour, number one. Janaya Butler was terrific. This hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, Monica Crowley. Big 8 o'clock hour, my mom is coming back. Been a while since Naomi's been on. We'll do Naomi and we'll do Noam's Nuggets and the famed defense attorney, friend of mine for 43 years, Joseph Takapina. And then in the 9 o'clock hour, Governor Pataki will do some Met and Yankee baseball with Mike Didino and we'll do Sid's take. But of course... Friday morning at 7.05, much like Monday and Wednesday morning at 7.05, I've decided to bring in Curtis Sliwa, 
noon to one every weekday, all weekend long, overnights, because I find him funny, and uh, he hates everybody. And today, this is going to be a real ass-kicking. I don't even know where to start. I mean, Peter King running up to the mayor last night. Oh, God. Him. Oh, yeah, know, what a sicko fan. What a goobie. Oh, Eric Adams, I'm an Eric Adams Republican. <laughs> Anything I could do is my friend. with the Reverend, the rabbi. Ooh, ooh, Eric, 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 hit me. I'm Peter King. I'm a traitor to the Republican Party. <laughs> He's not any of those things. He took pictures. He posted them. So oh, come on. I've taken many pictures with Eric Adams, and I'm a more a bigger Republican than you are. Excuse me. What was many. he doing there? What was he doing there? He, oh, Eric Adams? No, you your friend, Peter King, the Eric Adams Republican, defender of Bruce Blakeman yeah. who can't chew gum and think at the same time. We'll get to Bruce Blakeman. We'll get to Peter King, all that. But uh, this morning you came in with a real, real problem with uh, Noam Layden. So it turns out that a couple days ago I uh, left the station. I was on the way home, minding my own business, as I do most days. And I got a text from Noam Layden. And Noam sent a picture to me of Bo Deedle inside the same studio with you. And everybody knows, of course, that you and Bo have gone back and forth on this show, and Bo ain't playing. He was actually very angry. And the caption read, and I quote, Oh, my God, I just heard Curtis Sliwa apologize like a little bitch. And uh, that's all he sent me. And now Bo came in yesterday and confirmed that that's exactly what you did so, Mr. Guardian Angel, 41-year tough guy, you don't seem so tough this morning. No, really. Yeah. Uh, right away yesterday, Noam Layton, who runs from the cone man, right? <laughs> he runs from that little pissy, little schmendrick that he is. Oh, he's right across the street from the precinct, and he's running from the cone man. My God. That's why I brought him some Coca-Cola yesterday and Pepsi-Cola, because they say if you drink it, it helps you grow testicles <laughs> and increases your testosterone. Oh, come on. And I would have gotten him some tampons today, but it's more expensive now because of inflation. I couldn't afford <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How weak! How sycophantic! And then it well, dawned upon. But is there anything unfactual about yes, that? Yes, there is. But you, hold so on. You, okay. Let me, but before we get yeah. to that, yes. I said to myself, "Why would Gnome be Sid's Maytag?" Uh-huh. Slowly and surely, I turned step by step. Yeah. To the old WABC when Noam Layden would sit there with Michael Guzman eight weeks of the year while your entire Imus crew was gold-breaking and slacking. Oh, we're playing best of, it's worst of. And, and, and he spent that time. And then finally, you come on the scene with Bernard. And the first thing you did, you fired him. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let's, it's not accurate. It's the second thing I did. Right, but you had him fired. <laughs> well, I didn't have him fired. I, I, uh, Juliet Huddy, who you know pretty well, obviously. Yeah, right. I had to rescue her from you guys because you but, wanted her fired, too. Well, she came in, and then Craig Schwab, and I hate blaming somebody else. I really do. But Craig Schwab took us to this Italian restaurant across the street from the Madison Square Garden, which is now out of business, mind you. And uh, he said, we're considering replacing Noam with Juliet Huddy. And he asked me and Bernard, both of us right there, if we were okay with that. And uh, we said, I swear to God, we go, well, who's buying lunch? And he said, I am. And we said, do whatever you want. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You no, know who know. went into Craig Schwab's office and lobbied on behalf of Noam Layden? Nobody. 
Me. That's a lie. Yeah, it's not a lie. 100% Absolutely lie. not. And no lady knows that because he came to me, Curtis, and they're firing me. I got a wife and kids in the Heights in Jersey City. You know me, Curtis. Why are they doing this to me? So you feel betrayed here. You, you blame me for firing Noam, which, of course, is ridiculous. I don't have the authority to no, fire no, anybody. Hold on. Hold on. I saw yeah. he had one of his sons sitting there the other day, and the son was like, what am I doing here, Dad? Just sit there. I want everybody to see you to know that if I get fired this time... <laughs> Somebody's got to feed these kids. Come on, you know that's true. His son was sitting there like, Dad, what am I doing here? Is that Gabriel? You're the younger uh, kid. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. So, so you blame me for firing him, and now you're going, well, wait a second. I'm the guy that went into the office and tried to salvage your job, and yet you're stabbing me in the back. No, no, don't lie. Wait you, you asked me to defend you, you with Greg Schwab in the man. I see, did. That's see, true. See, see. That is true. But as a journalist, I saw what was happening in the other room. Bo went in into the podcast studio he is in your face and as a journalist uh, i have to tell the truth and the truth is what it was is that i heard the words i'm sorry come out of your mouth and so as a journalist people expect me to tell what's going on well you did a great job thank you very fake much news, thank you Noam. fake news by the way you were uh, linda trip <laughs> call Nome. that's why i want i, I was looking I, for tampons I, for you I linda trip to monica Lewinsky. i knew curtis would attack me I knew that was, but I, as a journalist, I have ethics and I have you to, had to do it. No, I had I to do it. So, wait a second. I actually got tape of it because I knew what? he would deny that he had apologized to Bo. And I didn't want to let on to that yesterday because I knew he would lie. He would say that he never made the apology. So, great. I do have tape. Do you want to hear? Now, hold on. Before you play this, okay. there was one lady who sent me a message yesterday. And she was horrified by the fact that you guys put the mics on right. without asking Curtis's opinion. And I explained to her... That's how you get big ratings, and then she apologized to me. <laughs> no, no, that's how you become Linda Tripp to Monica Lewinsky, and you bring down Bill Clinton, the president of the United States, with the blue dress and the stain. Oh, let's see you what Yenta. Uh, let's see what Noam has here. Go ahead, Noam. Here's uh, this is what it sounded like when Curtis apologized to Bo two days ago. Oh, Bo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh please, God. please. Don't oh, hurt me. No. Please don't do anything. I'm sorry. Oh, I said what I said. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, Bo. Wow. This is uh, Mr. Guardian Angels. Mr. I'll take on the city with my bare hands. And that's you two days ago when Bo Deedle walks in the studio. By the way, let's set the record straight because you're sick of Fantoni and Lackey. You're Maytag now, Gnome. Hey, hey, Gnome, you yes. got job security now, okay? You'll be able to feed the wife and kids. Uh, so... Bo comes into the studio, naturally he's all mad, you know, he's, the testosterone is crashing through his cranium. You go, you know, you and I, we got a lot of things in common. What is this stuff going on? What is this stuff? And I say, yeah, go ahead, Bo. You got to let him vent. You know how Bo is. Uh-huh. And so we declared a detente. We what got do you mean think- we declared? He, he made you, a, he basically walked in and you apologized because no. you were scared to no, death. No, there was no apology. I'm there was not no afraid. apology. Hold who, on, so you never said. See, who the, who the uh, hell uh, am listen, I afraid I, of? I understand that, and I wasn't there. So you're telling me those two words, I'm sorry, no. never came out of your Absolutely mouth. Absolutely. Rejectedly wow. squat. But we not. just played the tape. You know, if you would have put a lie detector machine on Gnome Lady now, ahead. he'd be blown to kingdom no, come. I, this is not true. You, the, maybe that. That, that confession there wasn't accurate, but I heard the words come out of Curtis's mouth. It was three words. Bo, I'm sorry. Well, I got news for you. I heard that not only did Curtis apologize and say, Bo, I'm sorry, but when Bo left, 
Curtis grew back his testicles, <laughs> went into the newsroom, and Justin said to him, are you really sorry? Are you going to stop talking about Bo? And Curtis's exact response was, no way. <laughs> Damn right. No way. <laughs> you know, with me and Bo, me, we spark up from time to time. Last time, remember, I think we were at the uh, Sinatra show, remember? No, Sin- I didn't go to that. Oh, you didn't go yeah, to that. You no. would have missed it on my way out. Say, hey, Bo, you got your shine box. <laughs> oh, God. Don't you remember how you went crazy that well, time? Of course he should go crazy. What do you mean shine box? You know how, you know how Billy Bats ended up in that movie after we said that to Robert that, that, the, the Joe but, Pesci? But anyway, let's not digress because you owe me and the audience an apology. I owe an apology. I welcome you back into the family on Monday. I had such nachos. No, actually Tuesday because once again, you had John Katsimatidis bump me for a second time. <laughs> I had a few words with John about that. I said, John. Let me, let me be quite frank with all of you. As Sid goes on this victory tour of his rating success, patting himself on the back so hard he's got to go for a chiropractic uh, By the way, adjustment. not patting myself. I mean, I've received phone calls and texts from Dan Mason, Chris Olivero, some Again, of the most important people in the radio business. Were you not saying yesterday on this very microphone, I'm so tired, I'm so sore. Yeah, for <laughs> patting yourself on the back so much. And then at the end of the show, you said, you know, four months ago, I was at a 4-6, right? Four months ago. Which, by the way, is still twice as good as anybody else at this station and in this market. Wait a second. Slowly I turn, step by step. Four months ago, you had me on once a week. You went from 4-6 to 5-6. Then you looked at the analytics and you said, let's do them twice a week. You went from 5-6 to 6-6. Then all of a sudden, you had me on three times a week. You went from 6-6 to 7-6. How come you're not giving me any of the cred for that, huh? So you're saying... That over the last three months, as this show has improved in ratings, 69%, four months, months, 69% from a very good number, 4.6, to miraculous number, 7.6, you have done the math and you have figured out that you are the person that deserves a ton of that credit. Uh, I would say Medja, Medja, Poco, Poco, at least half of that credit. <laughs> You're insane. Because I'm the only fiend. I'm the only foe. Everybody else is Barney talk. Every time oh, you God. interview somebody, yeah. you say, oh, that was the greatest interview in the world. Hey, Gordon Chang, uh, can you declare war for us? You know who has Gordon Chang on now? Everybody has Gordon Chang. We need to have war against China and Russia. <laughs> yeah. Even Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta, Cuomo, King Cuomo the first. he has a podcast and nobody listens to He's advertising, uh, pay me money and listen to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. I have exclusively Gordon Chang. <laughs> oh, my God, the easiest guy to book in the world. At this point, he really is, but he does he does enjoy this show. So now I just got a text from somebody else. Mm. You have no issue eviscerating, and that is the great congressman, Peter King. You've already mentioned him in this conversation. Oh, what a wuss. He says, you can tell Curtis that last night's event with the Reverend the Rabbi, which I heard was magnificent, was sponsored by John Katsimatidis and Red Apple, the same people that pay Curtis. So when you ask why Peter King was there, he's trying to say, hey, dummy, Curtis, it was a station event. No, no, no. It was oh, no. for sickle fence, toadies, and lackeys of Eric Adams. I'm surprised you weren't there and didn't take an ice bath no, no. with him right up on the stage. I, I, I don't have to go to these events with Mayor Eric Adams because him and I hang out together alone. Yeah, I don't need to show up in front come, of 30 other people. How come I was invited? To what? They had like 40 people demonstrate inside. I mean, for the Reverend, the Rab, you know, uh, Rabbi, all of a sudden, you know, that's the uh, 4 o'clock Bluebird special uh, uh, people listening. They got all excited. There was like 40 people. You like five They had to be hustled out of there. And then here's Peter King flexing. I'll protect you, Eric Adams. You're my, you're my favorite Democrat in the whole world, and I'm an Eric Adams Republican. It was, they never invited me, Sid. 
They never invited me. Am I not a part of WABC? You are a part of WABC. So how come but I wasn't it, invited? Because it, it's a part of ABC that while you're successful, you get big ratings, you're entertaining, and people love you. You're kind of like an, um, oh, what's what I'm looking for here? Uh, Lou, give me a word to describe why people don't want Curtis Sliwa in public places, even though we realize how great he is. What's the word I'm looking for? Psychotic? Yeah, you're like psychotic, Kurt. You're weird. You're, there's something wrong with no, you. No, because, you know, Eric Adams on the stage, <laughs> Swagger Man with no plan would have been thrown. You know that. I would have said, oh, you're trying to compete well, hold with... On, hold I would have said, Eric, why are you trying to compete with the TikTok girls and Kardashians so, to be an influencer? Wait, wait a second. You, you cannot, and we have to wrap this up shortly... You cannot act like a tough guy with Mayor Eric Adams when, in fact, we've now played the tape and we've got multiple witnesses that had you basically crying inside the studio when Bo Deedle entered. You are not that tough. It's over, Kurt. Wait, wait, it's said. done. Let me, there let me was a time when anybody on the train who caused problems, you were going to take them out. At this point, Oh, Mr. It's tough over. Guy, I'm going to hammer Eric Adams. He ain't going to get away with what he tweeted at DeSantis, and then he comes on with you. It was like a love affair. Even the Daily News said, oh, it's like two lovebirds. Why didn't you take an ice bath with Eric? Both of you stripped oh, down God. to your BBDs. What are these guys out And hey, Peter King, you gave us George Santos. Oh, that's a real winner. Every day he's shaming the Republican Party. They're all sellouts. I'm the one who's fighting. I'm in Astoria. I'm fighting AOC all out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Anybody else joining me in that battle? Of course not. They're too busy going to kiss up to Eric Adams and be his groupie like you and Peter King. I got to tell you, I think Curtis is right. I think our success is all about giving him another day. Yes. You may have to go to four days. Four. What about five? <laughs> right? You'll be over ten. You will set all-time records. Forget how it's done. But get anybody in morning radio. Harry Harrison, the rest of them. You will be number one, second and none. Five days a week, Sliwa, 7.05 in the morning. And don't bump me, John Katzmatidis. You hurt me. I'll never recover from that. You hurt me, John. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, as you know, Donald Trump visited East Palestine, Ohio, the site of that toxic train wreck. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News did not cover the former president's speech live, as they certainly would have in the past, particularly FNC. But the times, they have changed. Mr. Trump has few media allies these days, and his ratings power has diminished somewhat. But the real reason there was scant coverage of his live address is that corporate media does not want another Trump presidency. So the most flamboyant politician in modern times is being iced. His free media juggernaut almost completely sidelined. That will hurt the Trump campaign for president. The massive media exposure he received in 2016 and 20 certainly made him the man who could not be ignored. Now the national media wants to ignore him 
into oblivion. What the corporation should do is be upfront. Tell the folks exactly why Donald Trump is not deserving of attention the way he once was. Be honest about it. However, the words honest and media are now so far apart, I fear the gulf will be there forever. It is a see no evil thing. Because to the corporations who run the television news agencies, Donald Trump, above all, is evil. They don't want him around. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. You've known Sid for a while. I've known Sid. I've known Sid for 25 years. How do you think his acting's going to be? I think he's probably really good at it. You think so? Yeah, I do. You think he's going to embarrass himself? I do not think he embarrasses himself. Plus, he's so swole now, he looks like (laughs) he's an old school mobster anyway. (laughs) He's got the look on. Yeah. My friend Craig Carton and Evan Roberts afternoons on WFAN. They actually were talking about Gemini Lounge yesterday. Before we get to Monica Crowley, Naomi Rosenberg, Joseph Takapina, Governor George Pataki, an amazing guest list today. So they were talking about Gemini Lounge. And, of course, we did have this screening a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Mondays ago. And we're all very excited about it. Danny A., Emile Hirsch, Lucy Hale, Ashley Green, Bo Deedle, who's great in that movie. Even Curtis Sliwa came to the screening, and he loved it. Should be in theaters around May or June. Big red carpet event coming up in uh, March or April. I'm going to try to get uh, some of the listeners out there to this red carpet event. They have to check with Danny A. But obviously, John and Margo will be there, and Chad and Emily and George and all of my friends here at the radio station. So after they mentioned the movie, Craig and Eppin, uh, Craig gave me a call. I didn't know my phone rang, and I, it was Craig. And I'm like, uh, uh, you're at a break? What are you doing? He goes, no, we're live on the air, which means you're live on the air. So next thing you know, for the next five minutes, I was on the fan. And one of the things we talked about was this uh, this typecast that I'd become very early in my acting career. So let's go back to yesterday afternoon. Craig Carton, Evan Roberts, Sid Rosenberg, WFAN, Sid in Gemini Lounge. Didn't I put the director on like a year ago? No, it's funny you say that. You're confusing the two. The guy you put on, Craig, is a guy named William DeMeo. It's another show. I mean, that's an actual TV show, Gravesend. Gravesend, you that's know what? Right. That's what it was, yes, yes. So I'm actually in a mob movie and a mob TV uh-huh. show, Craig. Living the ultimate mob dream. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Jew playing an Italian mobster. That is the dream <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> it's true, and that would happen twice. So I hate to say it, but this early stage of my acting career, I think I'm typecast. Yes, yes, because you're too swolled up in those uh, Victor Talbot suits of yours. I know what's up. <laughs> Good stuff. 
All right, Craig and uh, Evan yesterday in the Gemini Lounge. More details on what will be in theaters near you, probably May or June, coming your way. Folks, join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the app or going to wabcradio.com slash VIP and enter now for this week's 77 WABC VIP Club prize. And here it is. You ready for this? Talking about Craig, Evan, and the fan. Talk sports with me. Sid Rosenberg, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning on WABC. Join the 77 WABC family as every week we give away prizes to our 77 WABC VIP members. Prizes include live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more. And again, this week's prize, you get to talk sports with me, Sid Rosenberg, on Sid and Friends in the Morning. Sign up for 77 WABC's VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to wabcradio.com slash VIP. You'll also receive a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's 77 WABC VIP prize. Become a 77 WABC VIP like me. It rhymes, Lewis. I noticed. Yeah. One of your many skills. <laughs> well, I didn't write that. I think Matt Meany wrote that, but I think well, I delivered one of Matt's well. many skills. <laughs> he has a lot of skills. You're right. All right, we got to run a great guest. I really love Monica Crowley. And there's some stories out there that she's just great at. She was on Jesse Waters on Fox News two nights ago. Looked great, sounded great. We'll talk to Monica coming up next. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. It is a journey Friday on Sid and Friends in the Morning. I want to remind you folks, you can get uh, me twice today. I'll be joining Brian Kilmeade on his very popular Fox News radio show coming up at 1130 this morning. So if you think you'll hear my voice on this station again, 90 minutes after I'm done, that will be the case. Joining Brian Kilmeade coming up, Fox News radio at 1130. Talking about Fox News, my next guest killed it two nights ago on Jesse Waters' primetime show, but she always kills it, whether it's radio or TV or working working alongside, I should say, Mr. Mnuchin for President Donald Trump. I love this lady. Back here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, it's my dear friend Monica Crowley. Good morning, Monica. How are you? Oh, good morning, Sid. What a sweet introduction. Thank you so much, my friend. All deserve it, all true. Um, Tell everybody about your podcast. You were kind enough to bring me on when my book came out. 
I was a guest on your podcast, and it was a great conversation. And your podcast is great. So tell folks the name, where they can find it, how often you do it, the Monica Crowley Podcast. Oh, well, thank you, Sid. Yes, it's called the Monica Crowley Podcast, which isn't particularly creative, but it does get to the point, (laughs) right? The Monica Crowley Podcast, uh, you can get it wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you download, just type in Monica Crowley Podcast, it'll come up. Hit subscribe. It's free, obviously, and it will automatically download to your phone every time I do a new show. I do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Got great shows already in the can, a great show coming up for today. We cover all the issues that matter, and we have a lot of fun, too. I know that for a fact because I was on it. So well, continued success with the Monica Crowley podcast. Now, this uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX guy, when he got arrested, you were on this show about a month and a half ago. We talked about it, where he belonged in the hierarchy of all-time crooks. And a lot of folks think he's right there, even maybe ahead of Bernie Madoff, as maybe the all-time worst. Now he gets indicted again yesterday. This is unbelievable. The 30-year-old alleged crypto cook, Crook, I should say, is now accused in a new 12-count indictment in Manhattan of siphoning FTX's customer cash, which was stolen, by the way, and allegedly diverting it to his Alameda Research hedge fund so he can make unlawful contributions to Democrats. Your thought on the latest with this creep, Sam Bankman-Fried. You know, the more we know about both Sam Bankman-Fried and this FTX crypto uh, company that he had and the sister company, Alameda Research, the more it looks like the entire thing was a giant scam, Sid, the entire time. Keep in mind that he didn't launch this thing until 2019. Well, what was coming up in 2020? Ah, very important election cycle, Mm -hmm. including a presidential election. So the more we learn, the more we we see or can at least um, uh, visualize that this whole thing was less a crypto company than it was a money laundering operation for political purposes. Now, Bankman-Fried and FTX will say, oh, we gave it to both sides. We gave money to Republicans, too. Well, that's true technically, but very, very, very little went to any Republican candidates. It was like a thousand here, a thousand there, right? Right. right. Meanwhile, you had tens of millions. Actually, I think it was over a hundred million. Um, well, went into Democratic coffers, including President Biden's campaign and so on. Sam Bankman-Fried was the number two biggest Democratic donor, only behind George Soros. <laughs> So this is the kind of impact he had on the Democrats and their races in 2020. And it does look like the entire thing was set up to launder money to push into these left-wing causes, push into Democratic candidates, and try to tilt the election. So Sam Beckman-Fried is on par with Mark Zuckerberg in what he did. Now, what Zuckerberg did was entirely legal back in 2020, which makes it even more outrageous, in taking about half a billion dollars and targeting swing districts, swing states with these left-wing organizations to mobilize the vote, do ballot harvesting and ballot carrying and all this other stuff. That that was entirely legal. Now we have states moving um, to bar a lot of that. But what Sam Bankman-Fried did in terms of pushing these donations to these Democrats said, well, at the time, it, it was legal, but now he's being indicted because they're saying, well, what you did 
uh, actually did break the law. This tells me one thing, Sid, and this is a really important point. Democrats do not move on their own unless and until they're ready to dispose of that person and cover up what they have done. So, for example, the Russia hoax, that was the cover-up for what the feds were doing illegally to target, undermine, and destroy Donald Trump. The January 6th committee was the cover-up for what the feds did on January 6th. And now going after Sam Bankman-Fried, this is the cover-up for how they were all basically colluding with this FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried to channel all of this money into these Democratic causes and candidates. So when they're ready to dispose of someone, they move really fast and they are brutal and ruthless. Look at what now they're doing to uh, Joe Biden. He's outlived his usefulness, so now he's got to bounce. Well, we'll see because this... Ukraine trip, which, uh, of course, uh, this half the country says, hey, that's great, Prez, but what about the people about to die in Ohio? The other half were going, oh, my God, this is amazing. What a great job. The picture with Zelensky, the sirens, which were choreographed going off. I actually think the last couple of weeks, it's been a bit of a honeymoon period for Joe Biden. I'm not sure the Democrats want him out as quickly as I did about a month ago. But what are your thoughts on once again Joe Biden putting America last? Well, you know, we just had four years under President Trump of America first. And that was only about two years ago, two and a half years ago. So you don't have to reach back to the Reagan era or the Kennedy era to remember how good it was, right? Our memories are really fresh of America first and how President Trump delivered a booming economy and world peace. And frankly, Sid, I don't know what more people want or expect from an American president, a strong economy, world peace. What more do you expect? But because the memory of that is so fresh, this America last deal that we're getting with Joe Biden is particularly horrifying. And the contrast is really stark. It is stark. And and, and I tell you, it it frustrates me just a little, this bipartisan, uh, I guess, the folks that are that are that are on his side with this, both Republicans and Democrats, bipartisan support over this Ukraine thing. And they had me convinced, Monica, the last couple of days that maybe he's doing the right thing. You know, the blank check, we have to do it. If not, Putin's taking over the world. And then I sat and thought about it last night. I did watch Tucker. I watched Jesse. This is ridiculous. Another $2 billion? It is a blank check. There's no reason for this. There's got to be a different way of stopping Putin than giving him unlimited money and weapons while our country is falling apart at every single part. I'm sorry. There's got to be a better way to do this than giving Ukraine a blank check. So we have the the Biden regime in the United States Uh, has poured north of $200 billion in financial assistance, weapons, materiel, et cetera, over the last year. $200 billion plus in, in money and materiel. Okay, so now there are all these reports that these weapons that we've been sending to Ukraine, only about 20% are getting to the front lines. 
Sid, where is the rest of it? Where is the other 80 percent of the weapons that we have been sending over there? It's not going to the front lines to help uh, the Ukrainians wage this war and push the Russians back. Where are these weapons going? Are they going to the Iranians? Are they going to ISIS, al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas? We have no idea. All of this money, too, has gone into this giant black hole in Ukraine. There has been no oversight. There has been no transparency and no accountability. Republicans in Congress, and there are some like Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they've been standing up screaming, not one more penny and not one more bullet to Ukraine until we have a full accounting of where everything has gone so far. That's just common sense. And look, I understand I've got a degree in national security. You've got to stand up to the world's worst bullies. However, this is an intra-Slavic conflict between Russia and Ukraine, okay? This is not our fight. And the fact that we have put so much time, so many resources, so much of our hard-earned money that should be going to taking care of our fellow Americans in Ohio, bringing down inflation, bringing down gas prices, closing the wide open border, getting crime under control. This is completely outrageous, but this is what you get with America last. Wow, what an appearance by Monica Crowley between the information on Sam Bankman Freed and that information on Ukraine. Of course, Jesse Waters and Sid Rosenberg love you. That was amazing, Monica. Once again, the folks who want to check you out three times a week on the Monica Crowley podcast, what's the easiest way to do that? Yes, go to wherever you get your podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Click on the Monica Crowley podcast, subscribe. You will love it, I promise you. I know, I do already. I see it, I watch it, I listen all the time. Monica Crowley, you're the absolute best. I love you. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Sid. Thanks. Monica Crowley, folks, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, giving you the facts. Those are the facts. Stick around. Lots more to do, including my mom, Naomi. She'll be here at 8.05. Famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina and the former governor, George Pataki, on this Friday edition of the number one, not news talk, talk show in New York City. That's me. That's us. Sid and Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. How many of us have them? 77 WABC. turned 76 years old today. Happy birthday, Rupert. I felt like for a second I was back in my home in Bell Harbor, Rockwood with Danielle making dinner. We'd have Yacht Talk, Yacht Rock Radio, Yacht Rock Radio on. This is one of those songs they play about 50 times a week on Yacht Rock Radio. Rupert Holmes, 
Who doesn't enjoy a nice pina colada? <laughs> Even on a 30-degree day like today. I can't wait to get home. I speak to my friends every now and then. My neighbors love them dearly. Billy and Jackie Felton. Joe and Maria Ferrante. Curtis's friend Anthony Carone lives about five blocks away. Louis Gampero. Lenny, see, I don't, I don't want to leave people out, but it's been uh, it's been a wild couple of months, and this song just brought me back home. So thank you, Louis. Been a great two hours, great two hours. Jania Butler was terrific. Curtis Sliwa and Monica Crowley. A big eight o'clock hour about to come your way. Starting with my mom, I miss her. Naomi coming up at eight o five. Gnomes Nuggets. At 825, and my dear friend, the great Bain defense attorney, friend of mine for 43 years, Joseph Tacopina. All that in the next hour alone. Keep it right here. Hour number three. Sitting friends in the morning on a Friday. Coming right at you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Sid and friends in the morning from our friends 77 WABC. Our journey Friday continues. Another great song. Open arms on this Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Monica Crowley, Jania Butler, Curtis Sliwa have all stopped by. Joseph Tacopina, former Governor George Pataki, Mike DeDino still to come. But it's uh, been a while since I spoke to my mom. And uh, she's down in uh, Florida, like a good Jew. And she's going to hop on here and say hello because my audience misses her. And I really miss her. Mom, it's a Friday morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sydney Ferris. First of all, congratulations Thank you. on the wonderful uh, show. Thank you. I mean, wow. the ratings are wonderful, and I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy for you. You know, it's, it's funny. Anyhow, it's, it's funny you say you're proud of me and you're happy for me, Mom. Because I have to tell you, it was um, three fifty this morning, and I'm taking a shower, and I've been very emotional all week because. You know, when things go really good or things go really bad, I tend to get emotional, Mom. You know that. 
And I'm thinking about yes. you, you and Daddy. Yeah. And I remember that you guys really wanted me to be a doctor, you know. And I even mm-hmm. went to University of Miami on a pre-med program, mm-hmm. like every and Jewish, like in every Jewish parent. Coney Island Hospital as a uh, volunteer. Right, I worked in Coney Island Hospital as a volunteer. I worked with abused children, did all those things. And I'm not going to go over the history; it didn't go that way. Oh, but, no. but certainly uh, in the field that I'm in, I've gotten pretty much to the top. New York City radio is as big as it gets. That's Show right. is number one. And all I can think about this morning was. They wanted me to be a doctor, mommy and daddy, and here I'm doing radio and doing well, obviously. So for you to say that, mom, at the start of the conversation, that you're proud. Oh, I am. I'm very proud of you. Listen, we, we all have dreams, but not all our dreams are all thought about in the same way. What I wanted when you were a young boy, a young man growing up has nothing to do with where you are today. I mean, I'm very proud of you for a lot of reasons, and we're not going to get into that now. Let's keep it light and nice. And, again, I reiterate, I am very proud of where you are. I am happy for my Danielle and for my children, my Gabriel, and and all, all the kids. I really am. So with that said, Let's get into what the hell is going on. You know, you know your your granddaughter, your granddaughter. You're lucky she's in Europe because you didn't mention Ava's name, and she would kill you, Mom. No, I know, but <laughs> she knows where I'm coming from. I asked for her address. I can't. I can't. I can't get her address. I don't know. I it. want her. <laughs> it's, she's in Europe. I have no idea what it is. To me, but I don't know what it is. I can't get it. Danielle knows. Really? Yeah. But, you know, you're funny. You want to keep it light, Mom. And then, you know, whether you're talking about Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg, any one of these animals, there's no way to keep it light because what they're doing to this country is not funny. It's not lighthearted. It's it, a disaster. It's, you can't even get into it, Sydney. But with that said, I mean, could you imagine what this this creature, this Biden creature does while people are dying? I mean, people are sick as dogs. There are chickens dying and fish dying and everything happening in in Ohio, in this terrible small town where these people are so affected by this terrible train wreck that they are that. And he's he's in Ukraine with this Zelensky, and he's walking through the courtyard with this arm and arm with this Zelensky, probably on the way to get his favorite ice cream cone, and has this and has this this photo op. I mean, it was despicable, disgusting. People are sick, and and animals and creatures are dying in in Ohio in this terrible East Palestine town and he's taking his little walk with this this Zelensky to get his favorite ice cream cone and this Pete this Pete beauty jerk beauty jerk I call him this this yeah. animal he's he does he goes he goes to East Palestine the day after Trump goes he doesn't go Three weeks into this terrible, horrible, terrible. Accident. And how about these other? You talk about uh, horrible people, Mom. These uh, I know you never watch this show, and you know most women, you know, do. And that show, The View, 
And whether it's a Whoopi Goldberg. Wait, I didn't even get to that. Oh, you want to get there? This is a Chinese smorgasbord of goodies (laughs) that he's got now. But but, but, Daddy used to order the uh, the poo-poo platter. He loved that. He loved a good poo-poo platter. He's a poo-pooer, right? (laughs) This peach-boated jerk. This jerk. And this Joy, this Joy Beha, she says people in East Palestine got what was coming to them because they voted for Trump. This beast. This animal is allowed to spew this kind of talk on national television. That's okay. But Republicans are, are that they're censored no matter what they say. And this is allowed in this country today. They should shoot her on set right there. They well, I don't know if they could do that, Mom. That's, that, that's I a, mean, I give me a break. Shoot her on the- <laughs> This is this is unconscionable, and I mean, what what went on in in Arizona, in Yuma, Arizona? Not one Democrat showed up for this border committee. Uh, they said 170 miles away, they send babies for this NICU care. This is our babies, and they keep and take care of all these illegal um, immigrant babies. All illegal immigrant babies, they're treating in this uh, Yuma, Arizona, in the hospital. And our babies, they send 170 miles away. I heard it yesterday. I, this is what they did. I mean, we could go on and on and on. I mean, you can't make this no, up. No, you can't. Make, and, 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 you know, talking about as a child and what you and Daddy wanted for me. And, and I remember coming home from school and you and Daddy would be sitting in the den when we lived at uh, 2216 Quentin Road, right by Madison High School. And Daddy's office and this big, you know, the big windows. And I would come home and late in the afternoon and like Oprah Winfrey would be on television. And look, I know that you and Daddy have always been very, very politically astute. I know that. And in tune, Mm -hmm. obviously, your your nephew, Norman Coleman, he's had great political success in the state of Minnesota and Beverly's son. So I know you've always been there, but I don't remember growing up and politics being a big deal. When did you become this political animal mom that uh, now watches Fox News all day and knows about as much as this stuff as Tucker Carlson or anybody in this country? Well, because now I made it an issue. I made it my issue to listen to everything in the last, well, before Daddy passed, before your dad passed. I think it started started with you and Daddy with Obama because Obamacare screwed Daddy so bad in business, right? Yes. In fact, I didn't get to that. Yes, that's when it started. started in business when this Obama uh, destroyed all the hospitals. He he took all the small hospitals that were doing well and cared for our American people, okay, took care of them. You could go into any one of these small hospitals, and they did well, and he destroyed them. He had the big hospital eat them up. It was all about him and his pocket. I mean, this man is now he's a multi-zillionaire, lives in a $20 million mansion with mostly white people. How did that happen? How did that happen? He lives with with a $20 million mansion and it's mostly white folk. He don't like white folk. How is that working for him? It's working pretty damn good for him and his wife and his kids. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You just cannot make this stuff up. But again, getting back to these poor people in this East Palestine with with fish dying and chickens dying and 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 people getting sick. A young thirty year old man was coughing up blood. I mean, to be graphic, I mean, where is this man? Where is this this 
Biden creature in the White House and his laughing VP, the laughing hyena. Where are they in this? Where are they in this? Nobody goes. Nobody. No. But Trump. 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 Your guy. He went. He went. My man went. Your man. And then the next day. Then the next day, this Pete but a jerk. I call him but a jerk. He goes because he he was embarrassed. He was. And then and he got booed the hell out of there. He won't be going back there in a hurry again because they took him right to the to the slaughter. And I'll tell you they something else, Mom. You know, obviously, in Ohio, the it, it's a bad situation. It's a disaster. Like you said, animals are dying, fish are dying, and people who are coughing up blood now, there'll be cancer, trust me, 10 years down the road. But uh, that's a real disaster. But there's other minor disasters. For example, you're in Aventura now, looking really good, but you spend most of the year up in our house in Kanyanga slash White Lake, New York. You're six miles outside of Monticello, Mom. And as much as I love that town and love that area, the you know the Jewish, the Catskills up there, it is so Bad. There's no economy. There's drugs everywhere. It is right. It is and and, and, and who and who's doing something about that? Where's where's all the money that Joe Biden gives to the Ukrainians? How about giving some of that governor? money to Monticello? Where your governor? This this animal. Where is she? Where is she? Where where, where is she? Where is she? where is this animal? Huh? Where are these people in Albany? Where are they? They're supposed to be helping us up there in the Catskill region. Where are they? They're all lining their pockets. They're not doing a goddamn thing for us. None of us. You can't walk in Monticello. You can't walk in Liberty because, the, the first of all, the crime is out of control, out of control. They're trying to clean it up. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, guys. Good luck. You know, the more yeah. I, the, well, my, listen, I got to stop you for a second. Uh, we become friendly with Susan Brown Otto, and she works in the offices in Bethel politics. And uh, Lou Rafino, who loves you, uh, said to me just now, why isn't your mom in politics? Now, he's kind of kidding, but, he, you know, Susan actually did say to me a couple of summers ago that she would like to find a role for you in local politics up in Bethel, New York. I, I know you're, you know, you're, you're closer to 90 than 30, but is that something you would consider doing? Of course. And what is, you know, you know, uh, Sydney, age is just a number. Age doesn't define who we are, how long we're going to live. You could drop that at 20. You could live to be 100. Look, your aunt, your great aunt, my aunt, daddy, nanny, sister, woman lived to be 104 years old, yep. sat in front of her, in yep. front of her own. Uh, she owned her own home in Winter Haven, Florida, sat with a glass of wine every four o'clock in the day to have her little glass of, of red wine or white wine, lived to be 104. That the, the numbers didn't define her, and they don't define me, Sydney. I probably do more than any twenty-year-old could do. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm out there. I'm out there, and, and I'm I'm not feeble. I'm not. No. I don't. I don't fall up steps or fall <laughs> down steps like this creature in the White House. I mean, that was a, that was a nice sight to see him fall. Well, I mean, yeah. how do you fall up the steps? He started twice. Bad enough to fall down. The yeah, steps. he did it. He did it. On, yeah, he did it on Air Force One too a couple of years ago, Mom. So uh, outside your beautiful home, which it is amazing that you do all the work, even when Daddy was alive. God rest his soul. He, I did everything. I know. He did not. I know he's he, like me. He, I'm just like daddy. I can't change a light bulb, but uh, you don't do nothing. I know, but but driving by your house when I had the book signing last summer, one of the folks that came by dropped off this huge, huge flag of Donald Trump. 
2024, Make America I Great Again. I had it up there forever. You, you st- it still it. hung in front of the house? No, because it got ruined from the weather. Oh, because people you wanted know, to kill you, up. Mom. Mom, people would walk by the house and give you the finger. Oh, I didn't care about that. You think that they intimidated me? <laughs> what are you, crazy? You're talking about your mother here, Sidney Ferris. They don't, I'm ready for these people. I'm ready. I'm waiting for them. This, this is how I release my, my all my anger is to get rid of these animals that are up there. A lot of them. A they're lot your of friends. Them a lot of those animals are your friends. You, you no, know that. No, and I your don't family. Have any your your, your own daughter. Only my only my daughters. Only my family. Yeah. I don't have friends up there. Yeah. I take one one family I, I that I do care about, and that's right next door, the Spivak family. Yes. Other than them, I don't bother or talk. No, to you no, you love Larry and Cindy Walder. You love them too. Yeah, Come all on. right, they're newcomers. I'm okay. talking. I'm talking to you the and, and Elizabeth, right, a little right, kid, the right, old crew. Right. I mean, Sydney, I'm in that house forty four years. Jeez. A long time. When, uh, when are you coming? We have to wrap this up shortly. When are you coming back to New York, Mom? Right after Easter, I'm coming home. I'm right. coming home. Why, I'm why, why, why do you month. say Easter and not Passover as a proud Jew? I'm just curious. Well, I mean both because Easter <laughs> is first, I think, this year. I think Easter I have no is idea. First. And I am a proud Jew, and I will be here for Easter Passover. And... Um, and I heard from Aunt Gloria, you know, I oh, respect yeah. her. I actually too. spoke to Joseph yeah. yesterday, too. And, uh, in fact, I got to give uh, little Lizzie a call one of these days. She, she reached out to me about something. But uh, I have wow. to run. But I have to tell you, Mom, that when you started the conversation and told me you were proud of me, it made my whole day. And I miss you. I and am. I love you. I, I miss you. you. And I love you. And I Thank love you. my Ava and my Gabriel and my Danielle. I miss Thank all you. of you. But just continue on doing what you're doing. And we'll talk on the phone. I don't. I don't do that. Uh, you know what are they? Where you see each other on the TV? Yeah, FaceTime. No, FaceTime. No, that's fair. No, I don't do that. Crap. Well, what if, well, but well, 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 but what if I, I, would, I told you that Donald Trump wanted to FaceTime you naked? Would you do it? No, I couldn't no. do that. You're Poor lying. Daddy would turn over in his grave. No, he wouldn't. Could daddy would be that? like, "Way to go, Naomi. Way to go. It's Donald Trump." <laughs> yeah, that's true. He was always proud of my body, anyway. <laughs> Mom, I love you. You were great. You're the I best. I love you. You're the best, and you're Thank the you. best. All, All right. right. We'll talk again. I will right. do this again. I love Not you. Not so long again. Right, okay. Mom. Love you. I love Bye. you, too. It's my mom. More of Journey. And I'll be, um, I'll be right back. Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? God bless you all and may God protect our troops. did he say there, the creature in the White House? What was that? Did my mother actually just say, because I get emotional sometimes and caught up in the conversation, but did she actually say they should go to the set and shoot Joy Behar right on the set? Because if she did, 
she really is the greatest American that God has ever created, if she said that. As awful as it is, it's so beautiful. Did she say that? Well, I think there's, it's a bit extreme, and I think if I sat down with your mother, we could we might be able to see eye to eye on a few things. Like and that. I, that I, would be I, one. I mean, if she was holding a blunt object and an instrument at my throat, <laughs> I would tend to back away. And um, I don't nuts. know. She's a little She's crazy. I, I'd like to be a creature in the White House then, too. I, <laughs> I get so many messages when uh, she comes on and... Phone's blowing up right now. Lori, Lisa Ganji, Monica Allen, uh, Mike Sullivan, Mark St. Hilaire. And I can't answer them all. Thousands on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney in my text. But, man, they love her. She cool, my mother. It's going to be 88 years old, that lady. She just doesn't care, and that's great. Well, you get to a certain age, and that's just the way it is. I mean, no, what are you going to do? That's right. It's like when you're living in Florida and you're retired, and you're you're just back. You know, you're backing out. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not looking anymore. I'm just no. going to back out of my driveway. I survived. Let's see if you can. Exactly. Does right. that come with age? I'm 25. I feel like I kind of have the same mantra as your mother. Right. Well, you're an old soul. That's why, Phil. And you're old. stupid. And you're oh, stupid. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's sort of what yeah, I, I think it had anything to do with age. Yeah, I think both just, of those things. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She did uh, make me cry at the top, though, because and at the bottom, and at the bottom. You know, I put my parents through so much um, bad stuff. I did. I remember the first time I went to rehab in 1995, and it was a brutal day. My wife, Danielle, was graduating Brooklyn College. I'll never forget it. And I went with her and Nana, her grandmother, who was my mother-in-law, because Danielle's mother was tragically killed in a car crash when she was eight years old. And I loved Nana. Bernie loved her, too. And me, Nana, and Danielle went to Brooklyn College for her graduation. She looked beautiful. She had the cap on, the gown on, the whole thing. In fact, you know who spoke that day at her college graduation? Hillary Clinton. I'll never forget it. And I knew that about halfway through that graduation, I was going to have to leave because my mother and father were picking me up and driving me to Wernersville, Pennsylvania, just outside of Reading, Pennsylvania. You talk about a Fafafa to Finkel. I mean, this place is in the middle of nowhere for a 31-day stay in rehab. And sure enough, midway through, I walked down the aisle. I saw Danielle. She was sitting on the edge. I gave her a big hug and a kiss. And I told her I was proud of her. And I got in the car with my mother and my father. And I really did not know at that point if I would ever see my wife again. I was married at that point three years. Now I'm 31. And I remember getting to the, the rehab, and I packed all my stuff, you know, and I packed cologne and mouthwash, all these things, you know. And they opened up my suitcase in front of my mother and my father, and they started throwing out all these items. And my mom is like, what are you doing? And they explained to my mother that some of these things have alcohol content, and that some of these kids in rehab, because they're in such bad shape, would drink the scope or the cologne because that's the only way they can get alcohol. And I think my mother started to cry. And I think it occurred to her right then and there. Oh, my God. What's happened to our little boy and where are we? It was such an embarrassing, humiliating moment. So I put my parents... And that was the first of two rehab stays and two jail stays. And 
cover of the New York Post and cover of the New York Times and cover of Deadspin and some personal stuff that you'll never know about that was just brutal. So to hear my mom say today that she's proud of me, which she's done before, one thing about our family, we're never lost. I love you. I'm proud of you ever, ever. My son kisses me on the lips like Tom Brady's kids. If you don't like it, you think that's weird, you're weird. You're weird. But I still need to hear that, especially for my mom and dad and my wife and others who have um, been on that roller coaster ride with me for a very long time. So, with that said, famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina is going to join us next. We'll also talk to the great Governor George Pataki. I've only got about three minutes, but I do want to get Noam in here because Noam Nuggets are great. And I'm sorry, did all the soapbox there, Noam. But- no, I, you know, I think your story is really amazing, and, I, and you're going to think I'm just kissing up to you, but it's not. I'm not because I I knew you when you were in Florida. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but before you, they brought you back to New York, yeah, uh, you we met, and uh, it was when they were rolling out the syndication of Geraldo's show, yeah, and you were dying to get back to New Wait, York. So you came with Murray and Geraldo down to Florida, yes. Yeah, so this and and I, I don't want to take credit for it, but I think I'm going to. I think I'm the reason you're back in New York because I was doing this <laughs> early. I was doing the early news show, right, and it was pretty popular, and. You were on what station was it? It was in West Palm. It was 6.40 a.m. sports. It was MEN, W-M-E-N or something? W-M-E-N, very good. Which I thought was like maybe a gay station, but apparently it was for straight It could have been, but but when you were there, we did move eventually to West Palm Beach, but when you guys arrived, we were still in Pompano Beach. Right, so I had to do my morning show from there, so we met, and you said, hey, will you put me on to do your sports report on the news hour? And I said, yeah, Wait, I mean, right you. away I liked you. Yes. Yes, right away I liked you. Yes. I said, yes, I'll put you on. And you did the sports report for maybe three or four mornings in a row because we were down there doing appearances. Yes, or whatever. well, Geraldo actually took me for dinner one night because yeah. Joyce Kaufman. Right, Joyce, the talk show host. Right, very popular in Florida. Mm. She was close with Geraldo. And Jose Baez came, the big-time oh, yeah, Florida yeah. attorney. I remember that. And even, even uh, Ann, what's her name? Uh, the, I love the borders. Uh, Ann, um, Coulter? No. Ann Coulter was there, yes. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And after that, Geraldo said to me, he said, do we want to make him a regular feature on the show? And I said, oh, he's great. You have to. And you started coming on with Marty. Uh, Not Marty, Marty, right. I Marty came on Geraldo quite a bit. and me, yeah. I actually came to visit you, Noam. That year was the Super Bowl, the only one ever in New York, New Jersey, ever. Right. It was the Broncos and the Seahawks. And Geraldo, for some reason, not a sports show, had a table on Radio Row right, at I the Sheraton Hotel. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. And I was on that show, too, yeah, right before Dr. That. Oz. Yeah. <laughs> so you did play a major impact in this. Yes, I think, I'm, I think you owe me everything, actually. All right, I got to write a new book. I gave all the credit <laughs> to Curtis Sliwa and Chad Lopez. <laughs> well, say whatever you've got today for Monday. Yeah, uh, and, um, I, you know, is mom, your mom's proud of you. I'm proud of you, too, because Thank I knew you, you back then, and, and I saw uh, then that, there was a lot of talent there, and so that you. you're all back on in New York made a lot of sense to I me. I know. I'm proud of him, too. I mean, I've known him for a long time, so I'm really proud. And the, every story he tells from rehab is intense. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing, and it, make, it stops you right in your tracks and makes you think. It does. So that's a great thing when you're telling those well, stories and stuff. Thank and you. I, I'm very proud of him. I've known him, Sid, for a long time. 24 awesome, years. He's an awesome person. 24 years. Yeah. And, and you've seen me at my all-time worst <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm being serious. I Strung just, out on coke and, and drunk, and yeah. Danielle throwing me out of the house, and WFAN considering getting rid of me. So for you guys and girls out there that get angry with me, I'm sick of hearing about Sid, and Sid's not that great. And oh man, if you only knew, if you only knew, if you were out in those streets a couple of those nights, I think you'd have a different perspective on. Where we are today as, as a show and where I am as an individual. And if you see how, how, where Sid is right now, it's it really is unbelievable. Oh, like, it's, it's, it is. It's really incredible. Well, uh, but it's you, not a real surprise to me well, because I can you. see it. When you consider the fact that Mark Chernoff has asked me for a job and Dan Mason wants my <laughs> advice. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I don't know how busy you are, but maybe you can kind of fit me. I don't know. I know you're big now, but I still like you. I remember I helped you a little bit. That is funny. I'll let you explain all day long. Well, I mean, no, sir, that may or may not be true. And, Mr. Waters, just to try to get through this quicker, I admit. I know you want to get through it quicker, but we're not. Journey day here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, waiting on Joseph Tacopina, famed defense attorney. Governor George Pataki coming up at 9.05. We'll talk Met and Yankee baseball. Spring training games start this weekend with Mike Didino. He's in charge of sports here at WABC at 9.25. We'll play Sid's take coming up at 9.40. So we'll wait on Tacopina. You know, the, uh, the interview that the mayor, Eric Adams, did with me a couple of days ago ended up everywhere. It always does. New York won. Uh, the other local channels around town ran some of it, CBS, that uh, Dick Face at the New York Daily News, Chris Sommerfeld wrote a second column about this improbable relationship between a pro-Trump radio host, that's me, and a pro-Biden mayor, Eric Adams, that's him. And um, I guess Channel 5 joined the fray last night. They were talking about the charter school debate because when the mayor was up in Albany during that uh, Hochul budget meeting, it seemed like uh, he wasn't uh, all that pro-charter school when in the past he's been very pro-charter school, but now he's worried about the money. And you may remember that he was critical, nice, but critical of Kathy Hochul and all the governors before her. He actually said these governors treat the city like we're an ATM machine. And they placed a lot of the financial burden on the city, and the mayor doesn't like that. And he talked about that. When he talked about charter schools, so it seemed to muddy whether or not Eric Adams really is pro-charter school, but he made it very clear with me that he is. So this uh, Channel 5, you know, Fox 5, 
My friend uh, Rosanna Scotto. I love Rosanna. I really do. And I love her restaurant, Fresco. And I would go on Channel 5 a lot over the years. The sports mostly. There was a kid named Duke Castiglione, whose father done Boston Red Sox baseball for about 100 years, Joe. Duke moved to Boston, and then one of my old buddies at WFAN, Tina Servasio, took over. She's great. And I, I've been going on Channel 5 for years. When I wrote my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, back in 2010, Channel 5 invited me from Florida to come on with Duke, and I did. And then it stopped a couple of years ago. So, like, the, my new book came out this summer. Rosanna went to our producers time and time again. She couldn't get permission. Gemini Lounge coming out. She's friends with Danny A2. She couldn't get permission. So there's somebody or a bunch of people at Channel 5 here locally that don't like me, like this Daily News writer. Who knows? They could be liberal. They could be whatever. I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's tiring. I mean, how could you be the face of New York Channel 5 and have a kid from Brooklyn rise to number one in the ratings with books and TVs and movies, and you don't bring them on because some idiot at that TV station has some personal bias or agenda. But that's what's going on. I can't get back on. I can't get back on. So they ran this report, Channel 5, with, uh, and, you know, before, you know, years ago, Jen Lombers did the early show with Sookie. Jen is a huge star now, gorgeous, out in California with um, Billy Bush. And she would bring me on all the time. But they still ran the, uh, the Sid Rosenberg, Eric Adams interview. And on the television screen, they did, they did put WABC Radio. And they did put, to their credit, Sid and Friends in the morning. They did give this show and this station the proper credit. But you'll hear on the audio, the actual video audio portion of this story on Channel 5, they fell short, of course, of mentioning my name or the show. Channel 5 last night, charter school debate in New York City, featuring Mayor Eric Adams on my show. Mayor Eric Adams is clearing the air. Yes, I support charter schools. On WABC Radio, Adams clarifying comments he made to state lawmakers during his trip up to Albany last week when he testified on Governor Kathy Hochul's budget proposal to lift the cap on charter schools. Adams said this proposal would cost the city around $1 billion. However, later that same day when pressed on this issue, he pledged his support for all schools that work. I've gone into district schools that have been wonderful. I've gone into charter schools that have been wonderful. So why not look at those who are educating our children and say, let's scale up what works. So there you have it. You heard that WABC radio. They did not mention Sid and Friends in the Morning or Sid Rosenberg, but we'll take the credit nevertheless. Uh, You heard my mother mention earlier the (laughs) great line about Joy Behar. Joy Behar is blaming Donald Trump. Blaming Donald Trump for what's going on in Ohio. Donald Trump is out of office almost two years. Donald Trump actually went, but of course, the hateful liberal media, and that's what they are. They're hateful. They're going to present this as, oh, Trump doesn't care. He just wanted a photograph. Well, I got news for you. If that's true, I don't know that to be true at all, but that's great. So what? Do you realize, Joy, you dumb wench? 
that all these people wanted was someone to show up, maybe just for a photo op, they would have been very happy. You know, what's the difference between Donald Trump taking a picture with a bunch of firemen in Ohio with a bunch of Big Macs with Joe Biden in the courtyard with Zelensky? I mean, if you're really smart and you don't play agenda-driven politics, they're both the same. They're both the same. Both were photo ops. But so what? You guys are drooling over Joe Biden and Zelensky and this beautiful bromance, which is basically the start of World War III. That's okay, right? That's good. That's great. But Trump helping out dying Americans, that's no good. It's so clear and obvious how horrible these people are and how much they hate my friend, President Trump. And yet still millions of people watch this show. I see them sitting in the audience, wearing masks, clapping. Whoopi Goldberg, hateful. Joy Behar, hateful. Sonny Hostin, hateful, stupid, ignorant, all of them. I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're women. I'm done with it. I am done. I'm going to treat everybody the same on this show. If you're a moron, you're a moron. If you're a genius, you're a genius. But if you're a moron, I don't care if you're black or woman, gay, I don't care. That day is over on this show. This is Behar and host in cut number six. People I don't know why they would ever vote for him because for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Damn right. Donald Trump. Who reduces all safety? He yeah. did. Yeah. Do they right. show up at McDonald's and those voters yeah, but, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a that's way that the they thing. need. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, right. and say who's doing the job here. Forget about the photo ops. Showing up is a big showing up. Thing, I think, is I big think this is Donald Trump's fault. This is Donald Trump's fault, Sonny Hostin. I mean, this is, and these people are on television, and a couple of million people watch it, and they go, "Oh, you are so right, baby. You got that right, Mama." Donald Trump's fall. We got a huge nine o'clock hour about to come your way. Governor George Pataki is going to stop by now. Joseph Takapina did call us. He'll join us at nine twenty-five. We'll play sits take and we'll talk Met and Yankee baseball with Mike Dodino. So we end the last hour of the week in huge, huge fashion. The fourth and final hour, the nine o'clock hour of sitting friends in the morning on this Friday morning is about to come your way. Listen, 77 WABC. to run Bruce Springsteen. Just so you know, we've extended the bidding on the Springsteen tickets another week. 
the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD, started by my wife, Danielle, inspired by my son, Gabriel. Dyspraxia, millions around the world have been diagnosed and millions have it and don't even know. And part of the reason why we started this charity was above and beyond the fact that we love our son was we felt like we needed to educate folks on this. I always say Art up at Ramsey Subaru, Art's a great guy, and he does something every summer called Bike for Autism, Ramsey Subaru, which is a great, great charity. He's got a, a family member who has autism, which is a big deal in the United States. This proxy is not. It is in London, in, in UK, I should say, in Ireland. We want to bring that here. So we, we did start this foundation. We get a tremendous amount of support now from other charities around the world. It's becoming bigger and bigger. And now you can go see Bruce Springsteen April the 1st at Madison Square Garden Premium Seats right by the stage. Stevie Van Zant and Nils Lopman will sweat on you. All you got to do is go to the website, the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD website. The bidding now extended another week. A week from today, we will shut it down. It's still there. Bruce Springsteen, April 1st, Madison Square Garden. The Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD. Go bid today. Governor George Pataki is next. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Tony Day continues on sitting friends in the morning, fourth and final hour, wheels in the sky. I want to remind folks that Rob Astorino, who was a gubernatorial hopeful on our team, along with Harry Wilson, Andrew Giuliani, and Louis Zeldin, he's got a show here on Saturdays, and tomorrow he's going to have George Santos on. It's a big deal, so congratulations to Rob Astorino. Four o'clock on Saturday afternoons, check out Rob tomorrow. His big guest is George Santos. You know, I... Uh, Rudy Giuliani is my favorite mayor of all time. There's no question about it. But, you know, I love guys like Ed Koch. And I even like this guy now, uh, Eric Adams. With the governor in my lifetime, there's only one I like. Like, I hated Cuomo, and I can't stand this woman. The only one I ever liked was George Pataki. Now, yes, he was the only Republican in the last, I don't know, 100 years. <laughs> Feels that way, at least. But he's just a smart guy. He's a good guy. And most importantly... He's a really good guest on this show, and he likes me, so here he is. 
my favorite governor, George Pataki. How are you, George? How are you doing? Good, Sid. Hey, how could I not like you when you say things like that? <laughs> it's, it's always an honor to be on your show. It's an honor for me to have you. I mean that uh, very sincerely. And there are rumors I'm hearing that one George Pataki was at Rayo's on a Thursday night. You were spotted by Bo Deedle. <laughs> Yeah, I was there last night. I saw Bo. Uh, a friend of mine has a table every fourth Thursday, you know, and it's hard to get in the Rayos, but we go and we always just have a great time there. Well, not hard for you, again, uh, being the great governor, George uh, George Pataki. You know, every television set that's on in the newsroom to my left here, George, you've been in these studios, you see all these TVs, and they're all talking about this uh, $2 billion. The U.S. has now announced another $2 billion in Ukraine aid. And I go back and forth. When Bernie was alive, uh, God rest his soul, he and I used to rail with people. Enough, Peter King especially, enough money, enough weapons. And then for some reason, the last couple of days, I've allowed people, George, to convince me that it's a good idea to keep this going because you have to stop Putin. Now I realize I've gone the other way again. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is a blank check. This thing can go on forever as long as it lasts. Could be a year, two years, three years. We don't have to keep giving these people all this money. I know you brought heaters there. I know you care about those people. But this is becoming perverse, Governor Pataki. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I can understand. And, you know, the fact that you go back and forth, is you're not unique. A lot of people do. They're just not sure. Uh, if it's the right thing to do or not. But I, I really have no doubt that it is. You know, this is look at look at Russia. Putin is evil and he's committed to doing everything he can to hurt the United States. And it's not just the invasion of Ukraine. He was doing cyber attacks on the U.S. They were stealing our, our uh, secrets, our intellectual property constantly. And look who their allies are. They're being supported by Iran, North Korea and to a great extent, China. Uh, These are not America's friends. And if we back off and Ukraine loses, and if we don't continue to help Ukraine, they're going to lose. Then all of a sudden, this axis of evil will have a great victory. And it's not the way you, you promote peace. It's the way you promote war. I'm a Ronald Reagan guy. Peace through strength. And if we show weakness in our willingness to support Ukraine, uh, we're just going to see horrible things around the world. Well, listen, including South Korea. Listen, I'm a Reagan guy, too, and I'm all about fights in the streets. I'm from Brooklyn. We've got a $32 trillion deficit, Mr. Governor. We have so many issues in this country, from infrastructure to medical issues. There's billions and billions and billions of dollars we need every day. I'm sorry. You are not going to convince me that we have to break the bank for the Ukrainians. It's not our war. Yes, I understand. We don't want Putin to keep winning. You know, It's not our war. If our country was great and terrific position everywhere, I'd say, fine. Why not? We're in terrible shape here. A $32 trillion deficit. We borrowed from the Chinese in the first place. All these weapons we gave to the Ukraine, we have no idea who really has them. All this money, there's no accountability. This is nuts. I see. I don't think it's nuts at all. You know, you are absolutely right that we are horribly in debt because Biden has just gone on a multiple trillion dollar borrowing binge, and it's trillions. And when you look at the two billion for Ukraine, yes, two billion is a lot of money. But look at the four hundred billion he wants to just forgive student loans. You know, there are better ways to reduce the deficit than cutting off aid to one of the most important allies we have right now in the world. And Sid, uh, I know you love history. But look at the history. Whenever we have been weak, it hasn't resulted 
uh, in, in us uh, avoiding conflict. We've had the conflict. Uh, if we had if we had stood up to Hitler a lot sooner, if we hadn't allowed appeasement, it would have been we would have been much better off. And here, if we back off, if we don't help continue to help Ukraine, Putin's going to win. Uh, if we do help Ukraine, if we give them enough. I think they can win this war, and it can be settled. Okay. And I don't think it has to linger for three yeah, I, years. I don't, I, think, I, I don't think they I can mean, win the war. I mean, Putin's going to win this war. He's going to lose a lot of men along the way. It's going to be— has. Right, he already has. Right. He's lost a lot of men. It's been embarrassing. It was supposed to take three days. It may take three years. But he's going to win the war eventually, and somewhere down the road, whether it's two years or three years, and we're, I don't know how many billions in, he's going to win anyway. And where are we going to be? Owing the Chinese more money. No thanks. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we have to rebuild our military. We're giving them things that are not first generation. Most of the things we're giving them are a step behind what we need today. Uh, we're seeing when the Russians are using their old uh, equipment that it doesn't work in a modern war. So this is this will ultimately, I think, help us be able to be prepared for a struggle if there, hopefully there doesn't have one. We don't have one, but against China. Uh, and this this is good against evil. You know, Ukraine was sitting there and got invaded by this barbaric dictator. And you said he doesn't care about losing a lot of money. He's already lost over 100,000 people, and he doesn't care. And we're just going to look the other way. We're going to say, well, we did enough. Tough luck. You're going to lose. Putin's going to win. He's going to be empowered. China's going to win because we don't want to give another $2 billion. When we're giving $400 billion away for student loans, when we're spending $1.7 trillion on programs that you can't even understand, nobody knows what they're like. I agree. We have to cut spending. We have to reduce the deficit. But the way to do it is not to blink in the face of evil. Okay, fair enough. Uh, now you convince me to go the other way again. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. You're not uh, that easy to convince. No, no, I, I'm no. better than that. You no, I know. No, no, listen. Uh, I'll get off and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll kill you. What's Pataki talking about? Now, listen, you make great points and a lot of things I can't argue. But that's what I loved about Trump. I'm sorry. We did not police the world. Now, look, if Trump was still president, Putin would never do this. And how do I know that? Because he was president for four years. He never did it. There was never even a thought of China going into Taiwan. And who shows up in East Palestine, Ohio? Trump. So, you know, listen, I know a lot of the Republican Party have turned their backs on Trump, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, but I haven't. And again, what he did two days ago, while the liberal media is calling it a photo op, I would say to you, Biden and Zelensky in the courtyard, that's a photo op, too. I mean, I hate to say it. What Donald Trump did two days ago, that was great. Did I lose him? Where's Pataki? Oh, I think he hung up. He said, you're going to hang yeah, up. we lost him for a second. I'm going to hang up with back. you, and you're going to kill me. <laughs> and then he hung up. <laughs> you finally did it. Nice work. Yeah. All those beautiful things I said about the governor. And Is he back? Let me uh, no, get you up. Pataki. Still's trying. Yeah. The Ukrainians cut his phone off. Is it really gone? Is that it? What happened? Maybe We're the phones are an issue now. No, don't say his phone number over the air. We're going to do this live for you, folks. We'll get Pataki back. Takapina's going to hop on at about 9.25. He was supposed to join us at 8.40, but he forgot. (laughs) It's really that simple. He forgot. So he's going to hop uh, on at 9.25. That was such a great conversation with me and Pataki. And and what happened? Could be a phone issue here. Lou, is that possible or is it his phone? No, I think anything's possible with if he has a cell phone. I I don't know. It's 
I don't know. I looked around, and all of a sudden he was not there. Yeah, no, he's back now. Uh, Governor Pataki, I was saying that um, Donald Trump showing up in East Palestine, Ohio, you talk about showing weakness, what we've done there for Americans, not Ukrainians, Americans. To me, that looks very, very weak. Pete Buttigieg just visit yesterday, very, very weak. But Trump, like him or not, showing up two days ago, photo op or not, but that was pretty damn good. You? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a good thing for him to do. And the Biden response has been horrific. I mean, Buttigieg, what did it talk? 18 days before he finally decided maybe I go should go take a look. This guy has been an absolute catastrophe. But it's typical of Biden's administration. They're all such ideologues. Uh, that they don't actually get anything done. And it's, and it's really sad. The people in East Palestine desperately needed help weeks ago. And finally, the Biden administration is getting around and saying, well, maybe we should do something here. And it's just outrageous. You know, if this had been someplace other than a place where it was bright red, you know, overwhelmingly Republican, I think they would have been there in day one. But apparently they just didn't care. And now finally, with the press beating them so badly, they're shamed into showing up. And I think the fact that Trump went shamed them into showing up. Uh, but it's too little, too late. And that's typical of the Biden administration when people are in need. Yeah, I think the Trump thing was really the catalyst more than even the media beating them up. Because look at the timing. The very next day Absolutely. after Trump is there. Yeah. Uh, and you would have been there because uh, you're that type of guy. You were that type of leader. You're right. These guys are not. But I want to switch to the state, because you were the governor here. And a couple of weeks ago, Kathy Hochul unveiled the budget. Eric Adams, the mayor, went up there, and, you know, you saw all those meetings, and he complained, and, you know, he's going to be nice to her first, which is smart. I do the same thing. Then he rails her and says, hey, let me tell you something. All these governors for a long time treat the city, New York City, like we're an ATM. Now, I think there was a bit of her probably there, but I'm not sure. Was Eric Adams, you think he was being honest? Is that something the governors usually do, treat New York City like they're an ATM? You know, every governor is different. And, and the answer is no, because, you know, apart from me, every single governor has been a Democrat and they win the election by carrying New York City by seven to three, uh, more than two to one. So so you can't treat New York City uh, uh, as an ATM. The problem is that... Uh, Hochul and Albany treat the taxpayers as an ATM, uh, and they just continually uh, reach in the people's pockets to, to give money away to their friends and their interest groups. It's not that they spend too little if they tax too much. And, you know, now, Sid, when I look at the budget, you know, we need, what is it, 300,000 more units of affordable housing. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people have left the state. What happened to their houses? Why can't people live there? I mean, it's just we need more housing when the population is going down. It's just an excuse for the government to spend a lot more money uh, to tax more from the people who are leaving the state when the taxes are too high. Uh, and they just got to get their act together. But, Sid, I got to tell you, I'm not optimistic about that. You know, I don't think Governor Hall. Oh. No. Gone again. Oh, he was about to hammer Kathy Hochul. Oh, my God. This is, I mean, Governor Pataki has me right there, right there at the point of climax, and then he, his phone hangs up twice. You want me to call him again? Yeah. All right. Yeah, get him John back. John said, give him your number, get him back. He's loving the conversation. Joe Esposito wants to find out about the U.N., the former chief of police turned actor. But uh, Pataki's got a crappy phone. 
must have bought it in the Ukraine when he went to drop off those heaters. <laughs> Got a good one from Zelensky. Yeah, Zelensky. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, hey, governor, if you, you know, let, if we stop sending money to the Ukraine, somebody can buy you a halfway decent let phone. Me, let me try this one. Is he back on there? I'm not. Uh, I'm going to take this to the very end, like the Ukraine war. Hey, uh, uh, governor, you know, if um, if we stop giving money to the Ukraine, somebody can give you a, a decent amount of money for a decent phone. You ever think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I need something, that's for sure. <laughs> no, you're no, about. I, I don't. I don't expect the government to give me anything. They've been taking things. They'll, they'll keep it with it. But I understand the concern about Ukraine. Yeah. We do have to have better ability to account for all the money that gets there. You know, make sure it's going to the right people for the right reason but to cut off the good side so that evil can win it's just a sign of weakness that empowers well, not, China, listen, North Korea, Iran, and the crazies of the world who already want to do everything they can to hurt us. I'm not saying cut it off, okay? But when you see Good. Zelensky purchase a brand-new condominium in Fort Lauderdale on Las Olas, and you try to figure out where that money came from, George, I mean, let's be honest, okay? Uh, don't cut it off. Help him out some. But I got to tell you, showing up, your words, sometimes that means a heck of a lot. That goes uh, as, as far as money. I'm just telling the amount of money and weaponry with all the issues you've got in this country does not make any sense. No one's saying cut it off, but there's got to be there's got to be an end somewhere. We can't keep doing this month after month, year after year. We just can't afford to do it. We can't. You know, uh, we we can keep afford, affording to do it. I, I, I don't think we should just have an open ended commitment forever. We have to have accountability. But the people who can't keep doing it are the Ukrainians. They're the ones who are dying on the front lines, and they're fighting our fight. This is not a fight between Ukraine and Russia. This is a fight between autocracy, just uh, total throwing out the rule of law and international law, taking a country that's smaller than you and saying, you're going to be mine now. And by the way, I hate the United States, and every day I do everything I can to hurt them. Uh, we can't. It's not just don't cut them off. I think if we did more in the short term to help them, and Putin got the sense, wow, you know, they're serious about this. I'm not going to win this war. Uh, then we could have a settlement. But if we show weakness, if we start showing that we may waver in our commitment and Putin thinks, aha, I'm going to, if I wait him out, I'm going to win. It just means thousands of more people killed. Wait a second. You know better than that. You know Putin doesn't care. He doesn't care for all in, half in. He's not afraid of Joe Biden. He's not intimidated by the United States. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. So it doesn't matter what we do because he started this war in the first place because Biden doesn't scare him. And by the way, there's atrocities going on in Africa. There's atrocities in a million countries all over the world. But we picked this one, this one, the Ukraine, which paid the Biden family very, very handsomely over the years. You've got a compromised president fighting a war that isn't ours, spending billions and billions and billions of dollars trying to stop a guy that doesn't care. I mean, you're much smarter than me, and I love you. You can talk to your blue in the face. This is crazy. This We need to figure out a way to stop printing money for these people. This is not our war. Bottom line. When you look, bottom line, when you look at the trillions that are being thrown away in Washington, this is a commitment we need to keep. This is our war. If we back off here, uh, we're going to see Taiwan, South Korea, the Middle East just become much worse. That's what history tells us. That's what this axis of evil is saying. And Putin does care so long as he thinks he can win. He'll keep at it. But if all of a sudden he gets the impression I could lose this war. And he could lose this war if we do enough. 
then all of a sudden he's going to sit down and say, let's settle this thing. And that's what has to happen. It has to end. But peace through strength, not peace through putting our heads back in our own borders. All right, listen, I hope you're right. Like I, no, I hope you're right. Like I said, you're much smarter than me, but uh, he I don't ain't know about that. No, it is. And he's <laughs> but he's not going to lose this war. He's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's going to keep going so long as he thinks he can win. Well, he's if going he to win. I mean, George, unless we start putting boots on the ground and fight this war like we did World War II in Normandy, he's going eventually going to win. It's just a fact. And I don't want to be sending our kids to the Ukraine to fight this damn war. No, I think everybody agrees with you on that. We're not going to send them. Well, then he can't lose. Then he can't lose. If they had the the right weapons, and Putin takes a look and says, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to win. And the Ukrainians have such resolve and such commitment. You you go there, and you just see the strength of the people. It's everyone who says, we're going to win this war. And they're dying by the thousands to defend their country then you say the least we can do is give them the weapons to show Putin he's not going to win. And then Putin will sit down at a table. We can have a negotiated settlement. The bad guys will not have won. And it'll be far better for America uh, over the course of the next generation. And I, I, I think, I, think ver- I feel very strongly about this. Sid. I know you do, too. And we all care about America. We're all, we all look at our country's interests first. This is about America. But it is our fight as much as it is Ukraine's, because if we allow Ukraine to lose, it's going to be the opening of the door for a a decade of nightmares around the world. I honestly think that. Okay, I love you. This was a great conversation. This was an important conversation because you know that there are very smart people like you and I who debate about this every day. A lot feel like you. The minority feel like me. But it's still a worthwhile discussion. And uh, hopefully you're right. Either way, you're a great guest and a great friend, and I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. And I think what we just did is important. People can disagree and be friends and have an honest discussion and hopefully reach common ground. Thanks, Sid. Always great great being on with you. Uh, It's an honor to have you. Thank you very much. And you're right, and that's part of the reason why I've developed this relationship with the mayor. I mean, we agree on very little, me and Mayor Eric Adams. But it's important to have that dialogue, to have that back and forth, because without it, Nothing is ever going to change. So thank you, George Pataki. This is about the only thing me and Pataki disagree on, but I feel very strongly that this has to end sometime soon. This is nuts. And Putin doesn't care. And he'll keep going. Now we got we to make sure Putin doesn't do this, doesn't do that. Are you kidding me? I'm worried about my own president. My own president. That idiot. More than, than Putin. You're going to do what he's going to do. Can't stop that madman. He doesn't care. Anyway, we'll move Takapina to Monday. We'll play Sid's Take. It's been such a great show. I can't even get Mike Dino and Joe Takapina in. We'll do those Monday. Short break. More of Sid and Friends in the morning right after this. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
the way you do it. You play the guitar on MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks free. Now that ain't working. Mark Knopfler, Hall of Famer, his dire straits. Governor Pataki was great. So I moved. We'll do Tacopina with Rich Lowry and Mike DeDino and a host of others on Monday. I like this part. Make a lot of them. We got to Macedonia, he gets his chicks for free, too. Every time I look at the TV to my left, there's like two people I see on TV. This lying son of a bitch who murdered his wife and his son, Alex Murdoch. He actually took the stand yesterday. Well, he's such a liar. And then there's uh, Buttigieg. I don't know who I want to punch more across the face. Well, it's flip a coin. Well, Murdoch killed his wife and his son. That was a personal crime because he's a crook and a thief and a liar and a scumbag. But... This guy, Buttigieg, is, he's killing, I don't know how many people in Ohio are going to die because, well, not because of him, but, well, I hate him. I hate all these people. I just, I, I don't even like Zelensky. I, 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 people get mad at me. It's, it's something about the guy I don't trust. I don't know what it is. I don't trust him. You know, I, I, I want to believe that he's doing all this in the name of courage. I want to believe that. Willie, really, I do. I just, it doesn't seem that way to me. There's, there's money and all these photo ops, him and his wife are like the Ukrainian version of Vogue magazine, and he's showing up at the Academy Awards. I mean, come on. Your country's in the middle of this horrible war that we have to spend hundreds of billions of dollars on, and you do a video at the Academy Awards? And then maybe that's just what it is. He just he showed up because it's popular, and lots of Americans watch it, and he needs our help. It could be that. I don't know, but... Maybe I've gotten too cynical in my Maybe old age. Maybe he's getting, keeping it in people's consciousness. Right. Maybe that's what right. he's trying to do. Sure. What, right. would you, what would you be doing if your right. country was under no, siege? No, you're right. And I maybe don't. underneath my pants right now, I've got a vagina and not a penis. But I, I don't. I have a penis. So. Well, I've got pictures to the contrary. Well, I just say maybe. Fine. So I'm still, yeah. I'm still, you know, trying not, my hardest not to imagine, but I'm imagining something there. I'm sure you are. I don't know. It's just it's something about the guy I don't trust him. And anybody who likes Joe Biden, I really don't like so. You want to punch them. I want to punch Zelensky and Biden, yes. Yeah. I want to punch everybody today. <laughs> Why? What happened to you? I don't know. I just, all these stories are just, everybody lies. They're all liars. That's not true. That's not true? I just lied there. He see? just lied. <laughs> yeah, and I want to punch you. Well, you could do it. Yeah, I'm the closest within, you know, I'm much closer than Zelensky or Biden are, so it could happen. Yeah. Mm, I think Nome is closer. You know, I was, you starting, to get, I was starting to get down on Trump. Oh. I was, I was, you know, uh, I got Peter King in my ear. I got Bo Deedle in my ear. Bo's going on and on. Well, he can't win. I, I don't agree with that anymore. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if he can't win. I don't know. But I'm going to take my chances. I was starting to get down on him. Plus, he, he screwed me. He hasn't come on the show for a month. He promised Takapina, blah, blah, blah. But I got to tell you, man, outside of DeSantis, anytime I hear anybody else speak, anybody else speak, I miss Trump. Even when he speaks now and says stupid things, I miss him. Nobody tells the truth. Biden never tells the truth. Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, Zelensky. Can't trust any of these people. Any of them. You know who tells the truth? Tucker Carlson. I know it sounds nuts. I know it does. And I'm not even a big Fox News guy. I yell at my mom all the time. Mom, watch something else. You love Carol O'Connor, Mom. Shocker, I know. Shocker. All in the Family is on. 
She loves that. Watch something else. She will not change the channel. She'll watch Carly Shimkus and Mike Gunzelman at 5 o'clock in the morning. She doesn't care. Hey, Edith, how about a beer, huh? <laughs> Kanye West gets it. Fine. Nobody's perfect. Stop playing stuff like that. But Tucker Carlson, this guy gets on the air 8 o'clock every night. That first 15 minutes, that monologue, it's become porn for me. I just, I can't miss it. I really can't. Like last night, for some reason, I thought it was 8.15. It was only 7.15, and I started yelling in the house. Like moaning or yelling? Oh, yelling. Like, oh, my God, I missed it. Okay, don't text him during that time. Oh, that's don't ever text yeah. Do not do that. Okay, no, that's, no. That's porn, don't, porn right. time. Porn time. Not during Tucker. Okay. And he comes on every night and he tells the truth. And I love the fact that the liberal media now includes him when they talk about the war. Nicole Wallace. Tucker Carlson is basically Putin. I'm not kidding you. All these liberal hosts, MSNBC, CNN, they include Tucker Carlson in the conversation. Let me quote Paris Hilton. That's hot. Read the polls, Jack. Right. Here's Joe Nolan with our last look at traffic. Good morning, Joseph. Again, as you travel around this morning, we've got a couple of, of still big problems going on out there. And the first one is going to be on Route 22 in New Jersey on the eastbound side as you get through New Providence Road, Mountain Avenue, and Mountainside. All lanes are closed again. This is because of this truck earlier on slammed into the uh, center divider and is leaking fuel all over the place. And then on the westbound side, they have the left lane closed. Apparently, it's quite the mess. So, again, as you travel that way, allow a lot of extra time. 78 is kind of an alternate, but not really. And then northbound on 287, at exit 2, exiting delays there because of an earlier accident. Now, if you're on the southern state, on the eastbound side, at Peninsula Boulevard, there is a disabled vehicle out on the roadway. Of course, a big old truck doesn't belong there. they got to get that out of the way. Then westbound on the southern state at 107, an accident off on the shoulder. And then on the Jackie Robinson eastbound at Union Turnpike, also an accident with one lane out. That's still being cleared in mass transit, running right on or close to schedule. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I need a contestant. Uh, my phone has been blowing up since the Pataki conversation. Johnny Baya bar all my friends on Instagram. Hey, we agree with you. Keep fighting the good fight. Ukraine, it's a bit much at this point. So... It's a, I think it's a 50-50 deal at this point. Maybe 70-30 pro-Ukraine, pro-money. But uh, I am stuck on this. This is getting nuts. All right, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Sid's Take, brought to you by the great Pete Morgan Peerless Boilers. They do build America's best boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. We'll play Sid's Take on a Friday Right after this. Now, it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, Friday edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Contest. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best-built boilers. I'm Justin Ellick, your host for the game, the executive producer of this here program, this here radio program, I should specify. Nobody really knows. Our contestant for today, Dave, out in New Jersey. What's going on, Dave? What's going on? How you doing on this Friday? Ah, uh, you know. I'm a two-time loser on this show, but, you know. Oh, two-time loser. When, when was the last time you played? Uh, shoot, about a month or two ago. Okay. 
We're going to have to take a little break after this, Dave. We can't have you on and play the game every three months. That's, well, you know. That's too listen, much. I got to win it. Uh, okay, okay. So you give you know, it. You, like yesterday's answers, I knew them all. Yeah, well, well, you, you keep picking the wrong day. It's not, it's not, a, wrong it's day. not a slot machine. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Are you, are you doing sports today? No, today we're doing, uh, we're doing <laughs> Felon Friday. So it's some of the most uh, well-known, most reported on uh, criminal cases uh, throughout American history. Okay. Okay. So are you ready for number one? Yep. All right. Which ongoing South Carolina murder trial accuses a lawyer of shooting and killing his wife and son? Uh, it starts with a D. I don't, I don't know his name. Yeah. doesn't even start with a D. No, B. It's going like on. Nope. He's going a through. famous no. lawyer. I know that. You know? It's going on right now. It's, it's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at your TV. As we speak. Look at your TV. Just look on your TV. I don't have my TV on, man. Yeah, but, right. but don't turn it on now. Now you, now you already ran out of no, time. You still have time. On, don't worry. Climb up on the trailer and put the rabbit ears up. And... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a guess here, Dave. Uh... Nope. Something B. Alex Murdaugh would be the correct Murdoch, answer yeah, there. It's all over the place. Yeah, Murdaugh. M- yeah. M-U-R-D-A-U-D-A. I don't know. Nobody cares if you can spell it. Nobody cares if you can spell it. Yeah, this is a spelling bee, Dave. This is a six take. So try again next time. Spelling bee. Phil, don't be mean. You heard about the war in Ukraine? Yeah. All right, Dave, you ready for number two? Here we go. Over one. Today is the three-year anniversary of which Hollywood producer being found guilty of rape and a criminal sex act in a landmark case that started the hashtag MeToo movement? Uh, what was his name again? Uh-huh. Like well, that's what he an M. Uh, uh, no, uh, does not start with an M. <laughs> or a D or an A. a does not start with an M, no. No. What do you got Earth, for me? Maverick or something? No, like no, 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 no. No, it's not the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> All right, Dave. Boy, you're you're quickly making Close. it very clear as to why you're 0 for 2 in this game. We yeah, need a, I am. We need totally. an episode of Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. I think. <laughs> All right. The, the the correct answer there, Dave, would be Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. There you go. I knew he was Jewish. No, well, there. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course he did. On to number three. Uh, 0 for 2. <laughs> Which boxer was arrested and spent three years in prison on rape charges during the prime of his career? Mike Tyson. There you go. <laughs> One for three, Dave. On to number four. What college basketball coach got in trouble recently for putting his hands on the shoulders of an ESPN reporter and shaking her during a halftime interview? Mm. Mm. No clue. Oh. Correct answer there would be John Calipari. On to number five. Oh, really? Yeah, one for four. What fa- yeah, he's a loser anyway. Oh, okay. What fast food chain's figurehead, who was draped all over the chain's marketing for his massive 245-pound weight loss, was sentenced to 15 years in prison after sexually abusing a 16-year-old and possessing child pornography? Uh, if the you- guy from Subway? Yeah, there you go. Very good, David. Hey, listen, Dave, with the way you started out there, two for five wasn't uh, absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a scale of, uh, never mind. On a scale of one to really bad, it was was pretty bad. (laughs) It was bad. All right, Dave, you hang out on hold to see how uh, the big man does here. You got to get three right to win today's game. Then I'm going to win. Okay. Our theme for today is uh, Felon Friday. Felon Friday. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Uh, again, a good alliteration. Well done, Macedonia Phil. Well done, Phil. And it's uh, some of the most well-known, most reported on uh, criminal cases in American history. I like what I'm hearing. All right. You ready for number one? Yeah. 
You get gas from M&M's? Yeah, sure. Yep. Okay, good. Luke okay. came out with a Fallon. It wasn't. That explains why I just made my pants after having three peanut M&M's. Oh, oh. You sure that's the reason? No, I'm not. Right. I'm going to be 56. I feel like everything is falling apart on me. Mm. I look great, but everything, nothing works. Right. Just on the out- one thing works. On the right. outside, uh, you look great. Right. On the inside, oh, it's true. all just. It's You've all nailed it. Complete mess. Yeah. Yep. You should see what he left outside the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all going to poop. No pun yeah. intended. Ah. See what he did? I see Number what I did one. there. Number one, which ongoing South Carolina murder trial accuses a lawyer of shooting and killing his wife and son? I'm watching it on TV right now. So just tell me who it is. Alex Murdo. There you go. You want to know who cheated? No, don't give him that. You want to know who had no clue? Cheated. <laughs> Dave from New Jersey had no clue. All he had to do was really? turn on the TV. Yeah. So I mean, he actually admitted on the stand yesterday that he stole money, but refused to admit that he killed his wife and son, which he clearly did. Well, he spent like 15 minutes talking about how his dogs chase around his chicken right. all day. <laughs> That's right. So that was fun. Number two. <laughs> all right, number two. One for one. Today is the three-year anniversary of which Hollywood producer being found guilty of rape and a criminal, criminal sex act in a landmark case that started the Me Too movement? Yeah, you know, I don't know if you know this, Audie Idol is his attorney, but just yesterday, they tacked on another 16 years to Harvey Weinstein. Wow, there you go. Good chance he ain't going to get out any yeah, time. Oh, oh, yeah, that's that's he's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like 16 more years. I was enthralled by the story. <laughs> you were, you, you were yeah. mesmerized. What happened? Yeah. 16. Remember when he went yeah. blind? We pretended to be blind. He's like, yeah. I can't. Yeah, remember that? Remember that? Yep. Or he could have walked something. Like, yeah. Barney was walking with a cane with him. It was so stupid. And then, and then he got guilty, and then he's like, I could see again. What an idiot. All right, two for two. In an attempt to win today's game, in the first three questions, which boxer? was arrested and spent three years in prison on rape charges during the prime of his career. Mike Tyson. There you go. He was probably not the only boxer to do that, to be honest. Yeah. He was the most, and he didn't rape that girl. He was set up by Don King. That is an absolute fact. All fact. Right. All right, write it down. I mean, Iron Mike has done some horrible stuff, but that one, that was a bull shizzle. Oh, let's reopen that one. Take it to the bank. Three no. for three on to number four. What college basketball coach got in trouble recently for putting his hands on the shoulders of an ESPN reporter and shaking her during a oh, halftime interview? That's not the good one. That's Calipari. The better one is what college basketball coach years ago made headlines for banging some lady on the table in an Italian restaurant in Kentucky? Oh, my God. You don't know that? Rick Pitino. Oh. Yeah. He was coaching at I was Louisville. actually going to guess Rick Pitino. Yeah. Oh. Same state. But uh, he was at Louisville and Calipari was at Kentucky. Four for four. Yeah. yeah. Full court press on that. <laughs> yeah. Heck of a performance. Very good, uh, boys. Hold on. That was good. Oh. Heck of a performance thus far in an attempt to go perfect in today's game. Number five, what fast food chain's figurehead, who was draped all over the chain's marketing for his massive 245-pound oh weight loss, was sentenced to 15 years in prison after sexually abusing a 16-year-old and possessing child pornography? So the last time the Giants were in the Super Bowl, they played the Patriots, mm-hmm. and they beat Tom Brady for the second time. That Super Bowl was in Indianapolis. That's where that guy lived. Yeah. And I have a picture on my phone of me and Jared mm-hmm. sitting on Radio Row talking about the game and him boasting about Indianapolis Jared from Subway. And he had probably had a bunch of child pornography in his car. I'm sure he did. My God. So how did I do today? You did. What five for five? That's a perfect. That's a perfect performance out of here. Yeah, whatever. I got lucky. Nah. Uh, thank you, uh, <laughs> Dave in New Jersey. We'll come back and wrap up. what has been a great week on Sid and Friends. Right after these short messages. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Wrapping up a journey Friday on Sid and Friends in the Morning. So last we saw of Tony Soprano, this song came on, the screen went black, and now the great Jimmy Gandolfini is gone, like so many of those great actors on that show. I miss my friend Tony Sirico desperately, and this song still brings me back to that. This song, a lot older than the Sopranos, but it does bring you back to that. What a great week of shows, guys. Uh, today was a lot of fun. It really was. Great job by George Pataki. That was particularly enjoyable. And my mother was just, Mom, I love you. You were great. My uh, Instagram blew up at Rosenberg.Sydney. My phone blew up. So thank you, Mom, for that. All morning, it was just a uh, terrific show. And what can I say about my cast? Every day, you guys are the best in the business. Not even close. Lou Rafino. Thank you, buddy. Macedonia, Phil, great week. Thank you for biking to work today. That showed true dedication. Justin Ellick, another tremendous week. Kevin Drosch, just because I like him. And uh, Noam Layton, who's been an incredible compliment to the show and so glad he's back. That's not an indictment of Deb. She was great, too, but Noam is just really special. Anyway, we're done for this week. Have yourselves a safe and enjoyable weekend. We've got a huge week of shows planned for next week, including, I know I've been saying it for three weeks, but looks more and more likely, Donald Trump. So go out there and enjoy your Saturday and Sunday. Be careful. Be safe. From all of us here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, to all of you, until 6 a.m. on a Monday morning. Peace! If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.